YouTube D Live doesn't look like it started yet, but I'm sure it will in a minute. Oh, we've got a D Live. Yeah, I've uh, I've done I've I've joined a site called uh, Restream, where you can where you oh, can stream okay. to more more than one place. Uh, looks like oh. yo ho ho yo ho ho <laughs> ho ho <laughs> It's the season to be jolly. So but which I'm one of us is? past which one's present have you heard that bit future? where you can change take a christmas uh, uh, i don't the, know uh, I, don't, I, just, I mean they I spray the tree so try it i'm a bar what, uh, that you can I'm a bar uh, you know boil oh, down or soak the trees and then you get this green tinge in your hair carol singers like f off like nah i'm, I'm hearing weird with. voices from somewhere come all ye faithful <laughs> i like carols i like carols am i not I coming in clearly around my door and singing them sort of thing oh i think has joined us on the jitsi yeah Schaefer's, Schaefer's joined us on the jitsi ah right oh, i can hear you jay i was hearing voices i didn't know where it was coming from oh Jafer. yes we need Our to find across the pond yes we need to pile into the jitsi oh god I was hearing oh, voices, I was wondering where that? they were coming from. Give, give us a link then. I don't <laughs> know if I'm going to work though. I'll put it in general. Yeah, I got a browser warning in, in bloody Jitsi. Oh. Uh, yeah, I'm oh, here, God, I'm here. I'm here. We, we, were, we were elsewhere because we weren't sure if you were coming or not. Um, I is suppose Jay, I've... Is Jafer on Discord? Yes. Uh, no, no, Wait. Jafer's in Jitsi. I wonder if he had a Discord account, because I don't know if I'm going to work. I, I get a browser warning in Jitsi. I can hear you in two places now, so you should be fine. Ah. Uh, shall I exit Discord then? Uh, yep. Yeah. We've just got to wait for Hobbit to catch us up. Ah, we go. Hobbit's here as well. Oh. I've got to... Um... Oh. Hello, <laughs> can you hear me? This is, this is, I can hear everybody absolutely fine. No, you can't. That's a lie. Don't pretend you can hear me. Please. Yo-ho-ho. -ho. So here we are, my, uh, 
Well, it looks like for some reason that D Live isn't starting up. Even starting up, but we're on YouTube, so that's all that matters. This was only an experiment. I don't have um. I'm looking at my subscriptions, and I don't think I have you on on there. Is it fourteen times? Is it Hemingford Gear? Yes, Hemingford Gray. Gear H H. Oh, that's why I'm not subscribed to you, right? Hemingford Gray. There we go. This is subscribe. We're doing tech. We're doing tech support again. <laughs> You're tuned into real boomer hours. <laughs> so, uh, Jafer, we, how are we starting today? We're just doing a bit of housekeeping from last week's episode. We did uh, numbers numbers stations last week. Yeah. Oh, oh. I'm not really ready yet. I've got bloody. I've got. Uh, right. Yeah, I've got it. Now I've got it. Yeah, I'm ready. We're ready. I'm echoing. Oh God, I'm echoing. That's not me. That's someone else. Uh that was a very faint echo. It's gone now. That's all yeah, right. that's that's somebody else. I'm hearing no echoes, but I don't know. Well, I'm hearing wind coming down a chimney. Yeah, that's wind coming down my chimney. Oh, that explains that one then. Don't cool. don't forget don't forget Hobbit lives Hobbit lives in a um lives in a Dickens novel. All right. Yeah. I've just I don't know what bloody I uh, work in a Dickens novel as well. <laughs> I I saw some of the mice today. I was thinking to myself I should lay out, you know, a bit of a bit of clementine or something for them. And then the other stuff was just like, Why are you feeding the mice their vermin? I was like, yeah, but it's just, it's Christmas. We're supposed to be, you know, goodwill to men and mice. Vermin. <laughs> you know, good, good mice is a dead mice. Hobbit. Well, of course, there was that custom of going about and say, and uh, threatening people with money to entertain you for Christmas. Oh, yeah. Oh, dear. I don't know this one. Yes. What trick? No, not trick or treat, is it? Oh, maybe uh, it's trick or treat at this time in America. No, no, trick or treat. Uh, no, no, I, I don't. I don't think we ever put up with it in America. Um, down will come butler, ball and all, uh, some sort of Christmas song. Oh, there is a Christmas tradition where, like um, in the Victorian era, if you saw someone who looked rich, you'd be like, um, "Give us some money, or we'll give you a Christmas beating." Oh <laughs> yeah. Ah, that's the one, I think that's what Jafer was talking about. You know, you know this this one there. Yeah, it was, it's some sort of Christmas tradition, like you know, goodwill to all men, which means, hey, give us some money so that we can have a good um, bird. Uh, probably not a prostitute, but an actual bird you can eat. Sounds like what sailing? What sailing? Was it a wassail? Mm. It could have been a wassail. But to me, that's always been about drinking loads of cider and singing really loudly. Yeah. I think part of it's you didn't really ask for money. You were just given money because that was the, the tradition kind of thing. Yes, because the, the understanding that if you didn't, you get a beating was, um, yeah, was yeah. implicit. <laughs> that wasn't a dumb thing not to pay the wassailers. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But it was also, you know, it was like uh, it was Christmas beating, you know, so you thought you were the spirit of good cheer. 
Well, we had um, we had Penny for the Guy, which is the same sort of time of year as Trick or Treating, now, didn't we? And I missed Penny for the Guy. That's far better than Trick or Bloody Treat. Stupid gay celebration. Are we not allowed to say that on YouTube? I don't know where we are. We where are did. we? We're, we're on YouTube. Uh, it's, it's, Twi it's Twitter that keeps banning me. Oh, oh yeah. D-Live D -Live didn't kick in anyway, so. No. Well, as you know, it's just, it's being gay is a festive thing because it is a time for gay glad tidings to all men. Proper gay. In, yeah, in the, in the old real sense. gay, not the UK, which is awful, and no one likes it. <laughs> <laughs> I can dig this hole further if you like. <laughs> I I'm going to be back in a minute. I heard something. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, do you want to do your number Maybe station content? Uh, I was gonna. Uh, yeah, we'll come back. Um, yes. Oh, oh god. That means the fish is ready, so I I better go and uh, have a look. I best mute myself as well and be courteous. Oh god, I'm looking at the wrong bloody thing here. Yeah, the the number stations that we did last year uh, last year. <laughs> Fucking hell. Feels like last year now. Um Oh my god, I can't see. Yeah, the number stations. We didn't get to my um, sort of. I don't know if it's an exclusive, but with the number stations and those one-time pairs, I did look them up on uh, on the image thing, and they do look very similar to like medieval magical squares. And um, I sort of connected that. I mean, magical squares. Where where are magical squares? Well, they they seem to have first appeared in Cornelius Agrippa's three volumes that that I can't remember the title of. But then I thought, well, there's loads. Is there is there something like that in uh, that Joanne's Trithemius's? Because that's a three volume. So what? As well, so what is a what is a magical square? Or are you going to get to that? Well, magical squares are a sort of fascinating thing in the sort of like, if you're sort of that way inclined, a magical square is a very nice like aesthetic object, isn't it? You've got the like the nice grid and uh, and the um, numbers in them. And uh, I was like, when people talk about magical squares, I, I think that's like when people talk about sex magic and that, and I don't, I don't think anyone really knows what they're talking about. You know, they just like appeared and like everyone's got their sort of take on it. But I think they're just, um, I think they might have been some sort of like cosmic download kind of thing. And probably the person who originally found the magical squares, because I, I don't think that was Cornelius Agrippa. I think he was like borrowing off someone else. But I think, so I think anything goes with the old magical squares. I think because I know I know people form like sigils of like entities from them by like say like you go from one to two and then to thirty and then to forty three like up up in the scale of the numbers and if you draw a line that that supposedly reveals the sigil of the sort of energy or the entity behind the square. But I'm sure that that was like a recent development in them. But they're just strange, strange things. You know, everyone's seen that abracadabra one. Or that, that's not really a magical square. It's more like a magical pyramid, but with letters. But 
Yeah, magical squares. Uh, anyway, I think, um, well, with this, Trimetheus is Steganographia, written in 1499 and published in 1606. That sort of ties into political sorcery because that sort of ties ma espionage with magic, right? Because that book is ostensibly a book on the deployment of spirits to communicate over long distances, which again, like ties in with radio, but well, it, also, it was it also sounds a lot like um, remote viewing, which is which the army quite mm. heavily looked into, didn't they? I think that's a branch of remote viewing, like where, where you use spirits to sort of um, bring you the information. Yeah, well, that doesn't seem to be talked about in remote viewing circles because. I suppose that's a bit too creepy if, if you want to get your £500 weekend remote viewing session on the go. If you start talking like, maybe spirits are doing it. You may be aware that that book is one of the books uh, owned by uh, Sir John D. Really? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. But what a fascinating thing, like a book supposedly on magic, but it's actually a work on cryptography and so, yeah, what the hell was going on there? Well, no one's quite figured it out, but there are certainly those that, based on that information alone, have said that uh, John D. as Agent 007, the original one, um, was basically all this stuff was code. But this was his private stuff, and most of it got destroyed before you know anybody passed it yeah. on. So, well, I mean, people passed it on, but I mean, as far as you know, starting a the Golden Dawn and starting a tradition. Um, it's, it's such a shame that John Dee's, like, diaries and that were destroyed. God, there must have been some amazing stuff in them. Do you think they were destroyed, or do you think they were just hidden? Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? That's the thing. Were they destroyed, or were they whisked off by the Illuminati? <laughs> you know, the... Or even the government, or something Well, like the, 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 wasn't Elias Ashmole... Uh, found out that his maid was burning something that maybe she shouldn't burn and then hey this is some interesting uh, you know because they, yeah. they didn't realize that anything was in this chest they know who owned it but there was like a false bottom or something i'm pretty sure that ashmole was a freemason or, or, or an issue I'm, I'm sure i'm pretty sure i've read that somewhere but yeah elias yeah. ashmole was a freemason yeah yeah so i think uh because people say that about the Druids when they say that the Druids didn't write anything down. But, but you know, everything else they tell us is, is usually a lie. So why should we believe that? I mean, well, if you look at if you look at the patterns in New Grange and, and various other places, you find out that they actually, you know, if there wasn't a written language, they they there was a written language, but they uh, you know it was it was a bunch of symbols. Yeah. Um, the uh, the runes actually go back about twenty thousand years before people think they were, but uh, uh, a little further south in Europe um, than Austria, Germany. I think I think they must have had some kind of like runic alphabet because you know the, the Druids were supposed to memorize all, all their law and their knowledge, but I don't think any human can memorize that much information. I mean, it's like that Fahrenheit four. Five one novel and film, isn't it? I mean, I don't well, think they the, could have the people, done the it people, all. Uh, um, some people have unexpected ability. You know, the uh, one guy who I am digesting and responding to his to his work is uh, 
uh, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. And when he was, uh, when he was in college, he, he wasn't anybody who memorized verses or something. He wasn't, he wasn't exactly stupid or something, but the guy memorized masses of information that just out of the blue. And I've met, oh, I met, yeah. I met a guy who in his eighties accepted Islam and he died less than three years later and he had memorized the, he had memorized the Quran and there's people who spend their whole life reading the thing and don't come anywhere yeah. close to that. Is that savants, isn't it? They call it, I think like savants who, who just have like some sort of strange photographic memory. Yeah. That's well, I, I, I had a Nokian vision where, um, I, uh, you know, I, I got down the, uh, the characters that I, that I was, that I was hearing uh, this, this thing repeated three times while something happened. And then I wrote it all down. And later I found out that it was the, it was the Angelorum Bonorum, those 49 angel names that I didn't even know until I laid the whole thing out. And then, okay, what is this? All these things start with a B that's familiar. And then I, then I found out, but I didn't, um, other than the starting with the B part, I didn't. I didn't really remember anything about that system. It's not. It wasn't anything that I've ever focused on at that point. Did that happen when you were awake or, or dreaming? Or? Uh, I, I presume how long how long the experience took that I was uh, was asleep. That's the problem I've always had because I've had sort of like, or I've, I've seen like I've seen like lost works by Austin Osman Spare. In dream with the, these amazing drawings and these amazing sort of words, but I can't get it down when I wake up. You know, I wake up and there's just no. I wish I had that ability to like. If you could have like, maybe you could. If you could have like a photographic memory when you're dreaming, so when you wake up, you could like write this stuff down because Do it just dis ever, disappears for me. When it comes to dreams, sometimes I have dreams where I'm make composing music. And it's like, oh, this is really exciting. I like this song. And when I wake up, I try and recapture it, and I never can. Yes, yeah, so annoying. Yeah. Well, I, 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 some... I can never play any musical instrument quick enough, except maybe the uh, except maybe the drums. That uh, you know, the the whole music thing would have done well. But uh, mm. yeah, there there are some interesting uh, tunes and stuff that happen in visions and stuff. Um, the old tales of fairy music and all that. Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah. Well, we did that episode just... about the fairies. They were talking about the fairy jig, wasn't it, where the bloke was dancing and couldn't yeah. stop. It sort of ties in with um, uh, who was that guy, that violinist? Um, he supposedly channeled the devil's music, didn't he? Ah, uh, oh, what's his bloody name? I can't think of it, but the devil's trill. Wasn't it? Uh, Robert the, Johnson was... encountered the uh, the devil yeah. at Crossroads and sold his soul in the, uh, for fame. And I think he released 31 songs before dying. That seems remarkably true, that Robert Johnson story, doesn't it? There's a um, couple places in America that are called the Devil's Crossroads. Um, well, there's that yeah, Charlie, there's there's that Charlie Daniels song. On an official basis. There's that Charlie Daniels song, isn't there? Is it the devil? When, what's the one where he plays the song against the devil or something, isn't there? Oh, the devil went to Georgia. That's the one. Yeah. I, I'm going to pump. Uh, I have a project because uh, because that corner of uh, that corner of America has so many places 
named after the devil. Um, like 11 in North Carolina alone, Georgia basically doesn't. Uh, it, it has it has the devil's elbow. That's all I've been able to find. It does have animals and stuff named after the devil, though. What an, what, what's that? What animals named after the devil? Yeah, I think there's like a devil's slime, and then there's and there's like some sort of devil's bug, and then there's a devil's plant of some sort, and um, I don't quite I don't quite remember as as, as I said, it's a, it's a potential book project. To, when um, do you think when do you think they were named that? Well, the uh, particularly particularly the Baptist, uh, they basically. Uh, you know, because every other every other church thinks it's it's the church, um, whether or not they're part of the. Uh, I mean, I guess now nowadays they have to get along with the with the convention or uh, that sort of thing. But uh, there's still plenty of churches that, but they, you know, just outside of town, we're so important that the devil has to has, have his own play uh, place just outside of town. Because yeah. there's a weird going on. There's a place called the Devil's Point. Uh, in, in on the sub on the southern coast of England, that I, that's got something to do with Sir Francis Drake. I'm not, I'm not sure whether he's because there's an admiralty, like a navy base there as well, and that goes into a whole fascinating thing where Sir Francis Drake and his famous game of bowls on the top of the cliffs was was actually a cover for him using a some sort of Holy Grail type ancient alien device to sort of like. Um, sort of predict the weather which was very important because that allowed the british to win against the spanish armada and uh, yes yeah, crazy stuff but he does it he, he supposedly well, did it close to one the of the interesting point, things you know. about uh, i don't know uh, uh, eric von daniken is is the one that people talk about him starting things but just like a lot of things it may not have been him there may have been a dozen other people talking about it and he's just the one who wrote a bestseller um but his third book kind of start switching into the whole uh you know don't go directly after religion don't go to, uh, and then okay three or four books in he decides okay i'm going for it everything is everything is the aliens and i guess the aliens figured they could be more direct at different times and that sort of thing but the the, the whole uh, i'm 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 jumbled here um but you know the holy grail thing as far as the arthurian legends traces back several hundred years earlier and it was a it was a holy stone yeah i think there's something to it i think it was some kind of um not not some sort of library i, I think it is it was some sort of uh, wherever it came from i think it just contains knowledge kind of thing i see it more of a, like a crystal maybe or something like that some sort of storage device but where it comes from who knows but yeah well, I, I have a little stone that I guess it re resembles kind of a foot and it has it has little streaks of emerald on it. And it reminds me every time I pull it out of, of this story uh, of, of those stories in India where, uh, where, you know, I will do three of this and then with two, it's all taken away. So two, ste two foot step, uh, two steps, you know, I just want two steps. Um, that's that's all the land I want, and you know he ends up taking the whole world, the worlds, and various things like that. Yeah, stones are certainly odd. But what, a friend of mine once found this like head-shaped stone, or vaguely head-shaped stone, in a in a stream near here in, in North Wales, and 
I looked at it and uh, he gave it to me. He said, do you want it? And I said, yes, I'll have it. And uh, I put it in my room just in the corner and it's very odd. You know, like you look at it, you looked at it at one angle and it just looked like a stone. But, you know, if you looked at it in another angle, in another light, it, it just looked like this head. But I tried to sort of communicate with it, but... Oh, that sounds silly, but it, it just seemed like it had a very stone, stony consciousness to it. Like I could, ju I just couldn't make head nor tail of it. You know, it was just like, you know, the sort of energy of it, or, or whatever you want to call it, was just like a like stone that was like hard, hard to explain. But yeah, you know, it's just like really low and sort of just simple, happy. I was happy just to be on this simple level of just sort of. A stony sort of consciousness. Yeah, it's mad. I don't know what happened to it actually. I think I, I think I gave it back to him. Well, it's also it's also those stones called devil's toenails, aren't they? Have you, you, you ever seen those ones? I I had heard of them. I had heard of them. They look they look a bit like they look a bit like a shell. Um, they kind of look like a stone representation of a shell. Um, but I think they're called devil's toenails. I think. Wow, well, I didn't hear of that. But we drifted off a bit, back back to the steganographia. But that actually doesn't contain magical squares of numbers, but but it does contain conjurations in a barbarous language, and I think that sort of resembles the coded words obtained by these shortwave number stations on the one-time pad. That you know, it's just sort of like um. Uh, anyway, I seem to, well, I didn't connect it. There's a guy called Tom Carhill on YouTube, and he was saying that with magical squares, like his theory is that the American sexologist Alfred Kinsey, he wrote those two famous books back in the late 40s, early 50s, about sexual behavior. And his, th his, his really interesting theory is that, because in those two books, the, the sexual behavior in the human male and his other one, the sexual behavior in the human female. There's lots of tables throughout, throughout the book. There's lots of tables of numbers. And if you look at them in a different way, they could actually be magical squares that, that sort of encode um, like the correct astrological time to do sort of, well, basically pedophilic rituals and maybe the sexual positions to assume and the actual sexual practices to perform and the demon to, that's summoned by each, each uh, ritual and it's quite an interesting theory because i did download a copy of the book and um i haven't out, like analyzed them but you know there's lots of sort of tables throughout the book that speaking, look like magical squares to me you know speaking of the demon summoning have you seen that book which is supposed to be for children called my first book of demons oh, an ideal christmas word. gift I, I saw that mentioned on a Bob Larson video. Um. Yeah, and it had the sigils in it, which I refused to look at, and oh. talking about the various demons and how great they are, and, uh, you know, this is how you can summon them. And uh, what a great idea it is to get children to draw sigils for summoning demons. And they said it's all based on the sigils found in the Seal of Solomon. Um, because Solomon was quite happy summoning demons to do things for him. Well, that's actually the thing that you can kind of pick apart uh, by looking at the language and certain other aspects that, you know, 
Okay, maybe there was a Rabbi Solomon, but it definitely it, it definitely doesn't trace back to the pre-Christian era. Um, I think you go, you go you do watch find, you find in, in the Bible some of the some of the characters in the Bible were better in the first versions, and I guess I don't know. I guess after the rabbis came on scene, they wanted they they wanted themselves to be the better moral example than the prophets. So they mm -hmm. said, John. I know you've done a lot of work with um, the key of Solomon, Jafer, but I mean, my most, uh, I sort of said last last show that my most terrifying experience was with the, the Goetia. I had a copy of the 1975 Jimmy Page Equinox Books edition and I didn't even summon them. You know, I, I was just, I was just looking at that, that page with all the sigils on it. And I was just like looking at him. I tranced out to it when I was a very when I was about fourteen. I didn't summon them at all, but one came, you know. So I must like think that when we're looking at these sigils, the demons know that we're looking at them at the same time. And and oh, that was uh, yeah. when, that's when you heard the noise on the roof, weren't it? Yeah, that's not the whole story. Though. Oh right, is there a lot more than that? Well, the, the, call, the calling of them, uh, calling them the old ones, is definitely you know there's definitely a lot of truth to that aspect of that, and they're you know they're here first, so when we show up, they're just watching, yeah. and they decide to influence. They decide to influence, and I've I've encountered people that yeah they didn't they didn't really have any intention. Maybe they followed a. Uh, that's why some, uh, you, you can't just be some armchair sort of. It's sort of, sort of like e it, it, either with a broadcast of some sort of ritual or something that you're watching or in person, you just can't. You have to definitely be active in your own beliefs or whatever to be able to witness these things because you never know what it's going to follow you along with. I've known plenty of people that like have had well not. You know, not that many, but definitely people have told me uh, or confided in me about experiences they've had after certain shows. It's not like they're trying to imitate the magic in the show, but something about it does something to them. Well, or, as, as I'll say, it doesn't. Me, it doesn't matter whether you believe it or not; they believe it, and that's and that and that's how they gain power, isn't it? That's one of the reasons I've become Christian, by the way. I, 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 um, I just thought to myself, well, all these people that are really powerful and quite evil seem to be worshipping the devil or creatures which look like the devil. Now, maybe there's something to this, Chris, uh, to, to Jesus after all. all. All conspiracy research, like, it comes back to, like, negative male malevolent entities, like, uh, all my research anyway. I mean, it all seems to come back to that, like cults and individuals contacting these entities and that seems to be what um what it is you know what it's probably the occult not is it's probably really. not just cults it's it's probably um it's probably governments as well i mean if something's that yeah pow that very... powerful you want it on your side don't you, you don't want want to charge yeah. someone else well one of one of the first. things one of the things particularly in my country is this complete lie of this separation of no whoever's in power in any sort is acting according to their beliefs. That's that's completely unavoidable. There's nothing that can be done about that. So um, this pretending otherwise has allowed a lot of stuff, certainly. Because um, I, I think like what's going on with Trump? How, how many how many how many American presidents had 
you know, at least astrologers that they, that they, that they referred to. Um, didn't, didn't one of them meet them, meet a man in black. I can't remember who that was, but I'm sure, I'm sure one of them said, I think it was actually in his, in his actual, he said it himself. I think he, he met, met a man in black. And maybe that was one of those crazy conspiracy theories that you get on the internet, but. Wasn't um, wasn't Kennedy's assassination, uh, assassination yeah, a, a, an occult ritual? I've I've heard that somewhere. But I've, I've heard I, that I'm convinced. That, I'm convinced it was. Yeah. Well, there's uh, uh, out of North Carolina and some other parts of the country. There's this group, the Order of Nine Angles, and they definitely um, encourage people to enjoy uh, to join uh, police and military in order to make. Uh, you know, in order to get that opportunity to dedicate their violence inside roles, yeah, and you know, and and there's other groups that have involved in that. There's a, a fairly big uh, YouTube figure, E.A. Quetting, who supposedly has acquired um, weapons that have been used in war and stuff from people, um, probably because of uh, probably maybe through his Order of Nine Angles connections, maybe not. Um, he's officially not part of it, but. That's just what he. That's what he says. Um, but I've definitely talked to people who've uh, say they've done crimes for stuff, or they've joined the police to dedicate their intention towards mm. that. Not that I I'm urging that. I do find them very interesting. The order of nine angles. Like, I, I'm so old. I actually bought stuff from them in their. They called it the ONA one, like version one, didn't they? I'm so old. I actually used to buy things from them in the late '80s. <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. <laughs> but I say it's dangerous stuff. Like, like I was saying, I didn't conjure up any demon. I was just looking at uh, idly looking at the sigils. I didn't do anything <laughs> apparently consciously. And so, yeah, if you if you actually develop a relationship with one of these entities, yeah, I mean, who knows? Who knows what could happen? But, but but this Kinsey guy I was talking about, I mean, he was he was very like lauded at the time, but it's since come out that he was quite a strange person that he circumcised himself later later on in his life in the bath. Alfred, Alfred Kinsey. Alfred Kinsey, yeah. The one who did experiments on giving orgasms to babies. Yeah, he, yeah, was, he, was, uh, he was a bit strange. A member <laughs> of a certain tribe, yeah. And uh, he circumcised himself in the bathtub without anaesthetic and did have a sort of strange state of masticate. That's dedication thing. for you, isn't it? Well, so, yeah. there, there's, there's people in my country that they just didn't realize until they decided to finally read the, read the Bible themselves. And um, uh, particularly if they do it wrong, but technically it's like, you know, technically they can defend on the religious freedom thing. That's why it hasn't been banned in my country is that even though they prove that you know, it's actually the medical opinion that even if you have a disease or something, you only cut off the disease part. You don't even cut off the pulse foreskin, so that that argument flies apart. And and they cut uh, and the uh, some they put forward misleading studies about uh, you know, okay, a community that chastity is more common, even if they are circumcised, they're more likely to not have diseases that most people in this day and age i guess have um but if they do engage in that behavior they get it more so but that some of these very studies they that find this they put forward a headline that's extremely misleading um 
but yeah, it's uh, and the interesting thing is the 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 Jews they didn't really even get they um, the Israelites didn't practice it and they repicked it up from the other tribes in the area. So there was a gap. After well, yeah, the Egyptians did it. What? Uh, I heard it's the Egyptians did it, and then for whatever reason, the Jews copied them, which always struck me as an odd story. So weren't they their slaves? In which case, why are you taking this uh, this past uh, ritual from your oppressors? Well, that that's the thing that I actually saw that they actually kind of went away with it, but they were surrounded by other Semitic people who did it, and they, you know, over the centuries returned to it. I just see it as ritualized trauma-based mind control, really. I mean, it's well, like, uh, the the, tr yeah. the mind control aspect of it doesn't really, you know, it's it's a communal thing that you don't even remember. Um, yes, you're most likely to heal on the eighth day of life, and that's where we get our New Year's from, um, is the uh, circumcision of Jesus. Um, but I don't believe that. I think it. I think that trauma stays for you for your entire life. It doesn't matter how young you are. They, they have. They have shown that. But I mean, as far as being most effective in in directing behavior, you really want to wait till puberty, um, like the Muslims do. Um, that when they do that's where there's a division because there's actually uh, Quranic and other reasons why they wouldn't engage in that practice. So you do find the people who practice it. Are most likely to be from uh, communities that used to be Jewish, um, but the eight oh, right. outside, of that, outside of that, you have a difference. Some say seven, some say eight, some say thir thirteen, some say fifteen, because fifteen is when they, you know, assuming they hit puberty, uh, fifteen is when the male is considered to be fully accountable. Um, well, uh, so so Muslims do circumcision at age fifteen. I've seen. Uh, I want to say it, it depends. It depends on what culture, but actually, it's not a universal in Islam. Muhammad never taught it. He never. Uh, there's narrations to this effect that he never taught it. He never practiced it, but he didn't stop a Jewish woman from doing it. He just told her that uh, God will reward you the less you cut. So logic says don't cut at all. Um, and there's stuff about uh, uh, Quran Surah three. It's 191 mentions things not being created in vain and people say that refers to the foreskin as well and there's been shakes particularly in the modern age it has said the uncircumcised when they get dressed they should say this verse um but that that's an extra tradition that's been added by uh, but anyways here's a strange fact like every, I'm, I'm getting echo in it but every male member of the british royal family they're all circumcised as part of the tradition so there's something a bit strange going on there, I think. Well, do they get a moho over to, you know, suck the blood from the stump? Well, well, they're so strange, aren't they? Because they're like Nazis, aren't they? The, the British <laughs> royals, they're always dressing up as Nazis or doing like Hitler salutes, aren't they? The Queen, is that famous picture of the Queen doing the Nazi oh, is, salute. Isn't it, isn't it the Queen and Margaret? Well, isn't it? And also, yeah, and also that, the Queen Mother. That's one of the things that's gone too far is this, is this accusing people of the... It's like the Nazis didn't have any anything particular to themselves yes if you put it all together on a flag but i mean lifting the arm like that that was roman all, uh, there, there all was some the things you, unique to the national socialists i mean one of them was to ban vivisection and that greatly upset the jews because they were pioneers of vivisecting live animals 
and uh, the, the Germans criticised them as being barbaric, which apparently is anti-Semitic. So, well, I, um, I, 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 I read, I read, were wrong about it. I read, I read somewhere once that yeah. that apparently all of Hitler's. When 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 you take when you take apart part Hitler's speeches and the way it was staged and framed and stuff, apparently it was a, it was a it was to honour the god Mars apparently, um, and that's kind of why he, why he led to an early end because he was using he was using those kind of powers which would then make sense make make the the Roman salute make sense then wouldn't it? Yeah, I suppose it would. But they did another of the pioneered things. They they had environmental conservation. They banned smoking and uh, oh, also they banned homeschooling, which in Germany to this day, because I had a German saying like how much greater Germany was than England and how their press is so much freer. It's like, all right, so uh, can I homeschool my children? No, 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 you wouldn't want to. Our schools are great. But what if I wanted to homeschool? Well, you shouldn't. You can't. It's illegal. But it's well, like the rule. You definitely, you definitely, if you have children, you definitely want to teach them any, anyways. But one of the problems that is, you know, I, I'm sure we're not the only country that should even out its education, but it does vary per neighborhood how well the education uh, goes, you know, the, t the tax bracket of it all, um, which should absolutely not be the case. It should be, you know, whether you're, uh, whether you're the upper class or not, there should be you know, good schools in your area. What's What's your take on this whole Nazi occult business, Jafer? I'm just just curious. Colin. Well, there there were definite uh, connections to various spiritual paths. Uh, uh, the uh, and anything from the swastika on Hitler's uh, childhood church, or uh, to uh, various other things, and obvious obviously the, uh, one of the. The, the Holy Grail myths were definitely something that they tapped into the energy of. Um, and Vishnu and the disc was sort of the di sort of the thing with the swastika as much as anything else. Um, they did yeah. they wanted they, uh, they they make a pretty good argument about the book of Esther that was kind of already used. Uh, they didn't quite go to the point of saying that Esther is really, uh, I mean, Mordecai is Mordecai, uh, you know, Mordecai lives, and, and Aster, uh, an older pronunciation of the Aramea name of the book, is really Ishtar. Um, I mean, literally, that was one of the names in that language. That's how you pronounce Ishtar is Aster. Um, but it doesn't mention God. It doesn't really have that good of morals. It's just to lift up the position of yeah do whatever for the jewish people and the rabbis get to direct the holidays because so there's really no authority connected to god connected with the book of esther so was but, it I mean, martin but, luther who made the same argument i don't know but but i mean they were obviously into something i mean they had the uh, skull and crossbones on their caps like Complete like right at the site of the third eye, you know, they they you know they, they, they deliberately put the skull and crossbones where their third eye was, and you know the the castle in Wilsburg and all that. Where I don't know whether that was like larping, like Nazi larping a bit with Heinrich Himmler. I know he was a bit of a strange character, but 
Well, you definitely found that wherever they could appropriate a site, even whether it was abandoned or, or whatnot, um, or relic into their, into their mythology as, as a country, um, I mean, def, def, definitely there was an overlaying uh, Christian theme of, of, the, of Nazi Germany, but uh, they incorporated a lot of forgotten elements or a lot of elements that weren't uh, incorporated uh, into the whole thing to make them... Uh, it's just, it's a very that's, strange... That's, that, that's the sort of thing that's rising is the whole blood and soil um, way of thinking. It seems like a very strange combination of like so-called crackpot like theories and sort of actual like things where they really knew what they were talking about and i i, I just find it fascinating but but the thing is that there isn't a, like the, there isn't a grimoire of nazi occultism isn't there if they were actually into it there doesn't seem to be like like this is what we believe sort of thing like there's, there's no nazi occult grimoire is there but, I know Otto Rahn was like... Well, the, the Thule Society, I think, had some texts, but again, it's, yeah, it's... But you'd expect some sort of uh, a secret a secret tradition of some sort. It's like those who didn't, who weren't high up in the Hitler Youth and, and the SS and stuff, um, you know, they didn't, they didn't want it that somebody found... And their parents and their, you know, in, in the, yeah, they couldn't, in the they attic, couldn't, a book they of. Couldn't, uh, yeah, they couldn't be too forward about it. They couldn't be too obvious about it, I suppose. No, because. It's like, it's like, it's like the Freemasons. You couldn't have, well, I mean, you know, they obviously didn't technically run any country. Um, certain individuals among them definitely did. George Washington and, and Thomas Jefferson and such were Freemasons, but, um, you know, but later on, it got to be where you could have literally a book of all the Freemason. Uh, you know, nowadays you can have literally a book where I, I don't because I'm, I'm respecting certain people I'm related to in that respect at the very least. Um, but you could have a book where all the all the rich, uh, all the great rituals that even, you know, you can't even expect to go to a lodge and find it, the people have memorized enough to... Uh, you know, lead you through all this, uh, through all the little lectures of the grades. Yeah, I, th I, th I think with Freemasonry, I think it's not particularly the actual rituals they perform. I think that's more of like, I I'm not being like disrespectful, but I think that's more like amateur dramatics, like the actual rituals they perform. I think, I think the actual sort of like, the actual magical power of the Freemasons is what happens afterwards. Like, they do the rituals, and I think that the rituals were designed to trigger dreams, like lucid dreams, like the night or a few days after they actually perform the rituals, like staring at these, you know, that very ritualized, very concentrated, like, space and doing rituals in it. I think that's just designed to trigger lucid dreams where 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 other things go on. There's, there's a lot of people who are admitted Freemasons that actually have become teachers of stuff of lucid dreaming and and such like yeah. that and and you know although manly p hall i don't think manly p hall actually unveiled any you know okay everybody's seen the aprons and the, well not everybody but i mean the aprons are in museums and the tracing boards are in museums so that's not really uh 
you know, he, he wouldn't have been breaking any oaths by his books, I don't think. Um, but there's certainly a lot of people that are that are into symbolisms and, and, and experience and stuff like that that come from that background. Because I know if, if I contemplated one of the Freemason tracing boards, I pretty much guarantee that I'd have like a lucid dream about such symbolism, like the night the, the night after I... Um, uh, looked at it and things because back in the 90s I was doing lucid dreaming and, and I'm convinced that I, I went well I did go to like a a place on the in the dream world as we as we could call it where it's it's like it was like an alchemical Rosicrucian Freemason like like a pre-exist I don't think I was making it up as as in normal dreams I think that was like a pre-existing plane and the main focus of this plane on the dream plane was like this big big mansion with like a big spiral staircase in the, in the center of this mansion and just like loads of books in it and lo lots of you know on the outskirts there was just like strange things like you know like lecterns like book lecterns there was this like there was caves and there was these tall lecterns with these books on the top of them but I couldn't work out how to read the books because the lecterns were so tall I couldn't read these books but that was a very fascinating few months you know of, of lucid dreaming. I asked a friend why is it that um, when you sleep and you try and read things it's all alien and incomprehensible likewise yeah. with numbers and she said well you see when you're asleep all but the most um, basic parts of your brain are shut down so you can still speech is still working, but language uh, actually reading written language numbers requires more advanced uh, parts of the brain to be turned on. So normally that doesn't work. Because I mean, whoever investigates dreams, I don't know. I don't know. Has there been scientific study? I don't. I know when when they do it, they just they just make it really boring, don't they? But uh, I know Carlos, the... Carlos Castaneda and that. They're into dreams. I was going to say there was the um, what they called the psychonauts. There was a, a group which were practicing lucid dreaming with intended goals, and uh, they yeah. would uh, go into it. I um, I come to the conclusion recently in dreams the reason I float about and seem to have telekinesis is because that way my arms and legs aren't being used. Uh, otherwise, they'd start flailing around in the bed. That's strange because every every I've said it before, but every time I have a flying dream, I like flap my arms like a bird, and then I, I just go straight up and I'm flapping my arms like a bird. Oh, fair enough. Because in my ones, I mean, I know I can move from one place to another. I notice my legs are never moving. I'm just gliding somewhere, or just floating above the ground. So still the same height as if I was standing, but the legs aren't doing anything. That's such a strange thing, but I know that the cast Castaneda lot, they, they used to do like group lucid dreamings where they'd all lie down in a circle, like with their heads in the center of the circle and just go on like group lucid dreams. And uh, that sounds fascinating, that sort of stuff. But the Church of Prometic Sciences in California uh, uh, did that practice as they had as that for their 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 tattva path workings they would uh 
lay sure. lay with their head lay with their heads kind of together in this in, yeah because it's such a waste isn't it i mean we we dream every night we should be making more use of it but uh, hopefully some some people are well people are yes well it depends on the use too so, i mean how many guru cults kind of try to program people to dream but it's all about oh thank you for showing up in my dream that's you don't you don't yeah. uh, i mean you don't go to i mean one hopes one doesn't go up to some random woman and thank her for uh, your fantasy uh, at some point, you know. <laughs> well, that's a whole other thing, isn't it? the succubi and incubi. I mean, I've had some crazy succubi and incubi uh, experiences, but I'm, what the hell is going on there? <laughs> you know, because like, they seem like they, or the ones I've met, seem like. They seem real, but at the same time, they seem like some sort of, not a projection or a hologram, but I'm not sure. The, the ones I've met always seem like doll-like. They look like dolls, you know, like white-faced white, white -faced sort of dolls. But They are real. I think they are, yeah. I've so, only encountered succubi before, but they, um, they've, they've left me feeling drained every time. I, I can't really remember what was I, yeah i've only met succubi yeah but it just seems to, I've, I've said before there was one i met that looked like this white doll and i sort of she told me to back onto her so i backed onto her and i stood on her feet and like held onto her waist put my arms behind my back and held onto her waist and then she started vibrating like like a very high pitched vibration and and then I thought, oh, I can't remember the rest of it, but you know, it wasn't erotic. You know, it wasn't like a sexual thing, like what, what they're supposed to be. That was almost like on a higher level than that. You know, it wasn't just like they want to suck your sperm or something. That was like there was something more to it than well, that. Well, they, they're definitely feeding on emotion, if not just the um, in the literal case of it. But the, the encounters I have, they they have been. I don't want to get into too much, you know, grisly detail about it, but. Suffice it, one I remember, I'm eating dinner by the way, I was about 14 years old and uh, one approached me and kissed me and that kiss, no kiss has been like that in real life ever, before or since. I was 14 at the time. Yeah, they, they certainly draw on something, just the interaction, yeah, it's very odd but, oh god, we're, we're diverting like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, something about Christmas, so I get. I guess I'll bring up <laughs> yeah. something, something most people don't know. You know, since since Yule night is, is you know Saturday sunset, that would mean that uh, as opposed, uh, you know, Mithra's day that it was based on, you definitely uh, this year would have been a twenty sixth, not a twenty fifth, because it would have been the fifth day of Yule. Yeah, this was supposed to be a Christmas show, but. <laughs> I thought we were talking about dreams. Yeah, well, it's all great. That was, yeah. a, that was our half-hour preamble. Well, or boss from the Galatia has a has a has a blue sleigh. So, well, mind you, <laughs> we could turn it into dreams because we're discussing it in the show prior on the other thing. Our uh, zero Scrooge. One of us has yeah. got to be the ghost of Christmas past. One of us is future, and the other's part uh, present. So. Uh, there you go. Now we're going to turn these dreams into Christmas themes. 
Well, there's uh, wandering around cemeteries. I've noticed that uh, it's it's probably because of the Christmas feasting and people have heart attacks. But uh, you see a higher incidence of uh, December twenty fifth deaths, way more than uh, way more than you know average throughout the year. That's interesting. I thought that was suicides. There's a spike in suicides on Christmas Day. Uh, well, that that's that's true too. Um, but there's also a spike in heart attacks and stuff too. Because the early Christians they celebrated the birthday of Christ. I think it was March March the 29th, and others celebrated it on September the 29th. So yeah, there's I some thought, sort of I thought the science well, if, if I thought look, the science look, they did. I thought the science they did said said that the um, that the star came over in September. Didn't I've seen. Oh, uh, can I tell you about yeah, that because uh, I've stated anywhere that from, anywhere from August fourth till September eleventh are dates where the star arrangement could have been the case in what uh, seven to four BCE, something like that. I think it was. Uh, no, we can call it before Christ. It's fine. We we don't have to pretend. We can use common era. <laughs> well, it's Pope Pope Julius the first who fixed it on the twenty fifth of December back in AD AD three hundred or sometime. So, well, you know, briefly, uh, I was interested in paganism, and I I studied a lot about it. See, um, also astrotheology, and this is one of the reasons why I'm quite happy sporting Christianity because I see it as, as incorporating uh, a lot of pagan beliefs. And one of them is the birthday, or sorry, the celebration of Sol Invictus, who rises on the 25th. Because as we know, the winter solstice is the 21st, which is Saturday this year. And that's the shortest day. For the next three days, the sun doesn't go any higher in the sky. Because if you were to plot the sun rising and falling, it's a sine wave. And uh, sine waves, they've got peaks and troughs. So uh, for three days, it, there's no appreciable difference. And it's only on the 25th day does it start to, um, sorry, not the 25th day, only on December the 25th does it start to appreciably rise in the sky again. So that story of resurrection after three days, I think was a bit sort of mis mistold because that's supposed to be Easter. And it's like, well, no, you've just described the sun rising in the sky again. So I quite like Christmas. Yeah, I, I, I find the solstices fascinating. It's such a fascinating thing. You've got the longest day and then the shortest day. I mean, I mean, magically speaking, they've got to be very significant. It's very significant. Um, it's a good uh, time to go to the Stone Circle as well. Mm. There's always a lot of fun people there. So I, I fairly recommend going to Stone Circles on uh, either solstice. I spent most of my life somewhere that had the same short, uh, the same earliest sunset as Stonehenge, four twenty six. Mm. According to uh, uh, John Michel, like the six 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 is like uh, encoded into the sacred architecture of Stonehenge, and, and interestingly, um, it's well, the end of the sun, it, uh, it's like Solomon. So, uh, so, uh, H, uh, 616 was the earlier version of Revelations that had that, but uh, not only is 666 more memorable, but uh, it's a more solar number. Yeah, it's just the number of the sun, isn't it? It's, the, it's, the, it's the, uh, the total of the numbers in the magical square of the sun, yeah. 
I don't, I don't see six 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 as evil. No, not necessarily. No. Well, well that's, that's, that's one of the things I do. With my number, my number of things is you got to have something crazy, something good, something bad. Just to show people the variety of stuff that you can have come up when you try to look up symbolism for stuff and not get yourself to, uh, you know, oh no, you have to do this because you, uh, you know, it's the first. Uh, the first word or something you've interpreted it as meaning and someone got an interesting book <laughs> i just hear pages being flicked uh is an interesting thing with, the, with that number if you consider uh in chemistry you've got uh protons neutrons and electrons and you do a, an atomic count for them so if you go to uh, i'm going to do that thing that way i'm recommending people go to other websites but there's a periodic table online you can look at so if you want to see this uh, a carbon atom carbon 12 is uh, six protons six electrons and six neutrons and there's one which is carbon 14 that has two extra neutrons which decays into carbon 12. so carbon is the basis of all life as we know it and that is 666. Hmm. Oh, you read my mind because I, I was going to mention the periodic table in my oh, soul in, well, in my sort of crazy thoughts late at night, I suspect that the periodic table is some sort of code for some sort of esoteric system. Oh, it, yeah. There's so many period. There's one periodic table which I think is really interesting and bears further research is one where it shows all the elements in spirals and shows the different groups as octaves. And it makes a lot of sense to actually say that these uh, periodic elements are actually at different frequencies because all of them have got a resonant frequency. Yeah. If you've seen Aleister Crowley's Thoth Tarot, the, uh, the universe card has a representation of a periodic table from, from the time that kind of drew the known, uh, known elements as sort of a, a sort of a house sort of thing. That's interesting. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, this might be a bit of a stretch, but you know, like atom, the atom. I mean, surely that uh, that relates to atom, like the ancient yeah. Egyptian self-created deity. Well, yeah, because it's this building blocks of of all things as we know it are atoms, and therefore atom. And I do find it interesting that for a time when I did prayers, I wouldn't say amen because I just thought to myself, well you're celebrating Amen-Ra and uh, mm. what's that sun god got to do with anything? That's the Egyptian sun god. Because I think they drop note or they, they drop hints like like the Royal Society of Chemistry, like their webpage has a like part of their website has a webpage showing the alchemical aspects of the periodic table. And, you yeah. know, that's, this is the Royal Society of Chemistry. You know, it's not some crazy like conspiracy theory website. I think they're dropping hints, you know. Well, it's well, like, it's like have you ever seen the um, the map they use on the, on the UN logo? It's the Flat Earth map. What's, what, what, well, what how else are you going to include everything that they could possibly have, though? Because the scientific paradigm is like the basis of... of reality really or the current reality so OG snake eyes he says that the earth's on a 66.6 degree tilt well i've uh, was always told to believe it's between 21 and 23 degrees it wobbles look at the milankovic cycles because it shows all the um, permutations of earth's orbit um he says that it travels around the sun that is earth at a mean velocity of 66,000 miles per hour 
oh sorry, six six thousand six hundred miles per hour. I um know the distance between the earth and that so i'm gonna do some calculations and i'll come back later on and and see verify that but before i do we're talking about websites uh cern's website their logo is 666 yeah i've seen that yeah that's oh crazy, i thought you know that's crazy <laughs> but they like, did a weird um uh, ceremony when they launched the lhc where they had yeah. this funny dance and i was like so are you like a, a legit bona fide physics research laboratory are you some sort of weird occult ritual for summoning demons which i believe is <laughs> I what happened so, yeah. and that's why the world's been i think that's why the world's been strange because ever since the large hadron collider has been turned on it's the world's gone very strange and disturbing well is, is, that, is, that, is that when the world ended was it because there's that theory isn't there that that's when that's when the world ended and that's that's why well yeah people say the world ended but I, I read into that and all it was is just it was a changing of an era so i think the 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 old regime ended and then now we've got this new regime where uh, people have been saying on on twitter i know it's a lot like five years ago we won't get in marriage five years later uh, child drag queens and i think to myself yeah it's also about the time when the lhc was turned on hmm. well they drop hints don't they i mean it's like empirical the empirical scientific method i mean, I mean that's fine yeah that does work but it's like things like the big bang and evolution they they're still theory <laughs> they're still theories aren't they it's just it's just the same as like saying like the world's run by like pink elephants really you know you know at the basis of it and it's just yeah they they understand or they claim they understand things like electricity but Things like that may have like effects that we, they, and us don't know about. I mean, they might have discovered electricity and they can use it to light homes and that. But who knows what the extent of like electricity really is? I mean, that could be something to do with demons. For all, well, for all um, know, you know, the uh, 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 I'm trying to remember, he's a New Zealand bloke. I think it was he. No, he's Australian uh max i max eigen max egan and oh, yeah. he did he did a thing about 150 years ago there was these massive mudslides throughout the world mud quakes which uh wiped out a lot of things and he reckons like child labor wasn't because people were evil it's because out of necessity that children were the only ones that were really around and he looks at all these strange uh, adornments on old buildings you know more than 150 years old where they got these antenna on them and they're very uh, strange looking things and they're saying like oh yeah this is a fireplace and well well if it's a fireplace why are there no soot marks on the stones and why do they have these copper backs on them so his theory is that uh, electricity was around two centuries ago but it's very different implementation how we got it now and he reckons one of the things they might have done is use these antenna to distribute electricity to what were called fireplaces but just copper plates that were heating up i mean we don't know there's so much about history we're not taught about i mean like well, i've only recently what, found out that's what tesla wanted to do didn't he he wanted to to um uh, deliver deliver electricity um wirelessly didn't he that's what I was going to yeah. say. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like Tesla before Tesla, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, and he did. And so it may be that Tesla was uh, privy to this this stuff beforehand. And then there was this new regime that was like, no, we're going to do electricity via wires this time. And uh, that way you can meter it and uh, 
there's so much about history which is just lost to us and we're just left picking up pieces and gone oh what's tartaria and uh, why do these uh, ostensibly scientific researchers think do things which look like rituals which are similar to the rituals used for summoning demons and why do they have these strange symbols which also look a lot like these symbols magicians were using like you said before why is the cern logo why does it have an obvious 666 in it i mean it's it's just they drop hints don't they i think they're dropping hints to pe people or people in the know or or just maybe they're just dangling in our faces like mocking us or well alex like jones that. said he, he's apparently it's like their code of conduct or their honor system they do have an honor system one of the things is they've got to give people fair notice if they're going to do an attack on them yeah. and apparently fair notice also includes putting little hints in films and simpsons like saying this is what's going to happen in the future which by the way i don't have, believe have is that, uh, that thing on uh uh, there was there was a clip that spread around of something of North Korean TV, basically how America was nuked to oblivion. Um, but it, I mean, it wasn't presented as as a fact. It was just it was just a graphic that they they wanted out there. Mm, I mean, nuclear radiation. I mean, I know I, I've read some. Well, apparently things, it's a myth, but... isn't it? Nu nuclear radiation. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? That um, Ramsey Dukes wrote a good 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 uh, account of that when well, he said like he went to a he went to a nuclear power station in as a chart uh, like a school trip and he said like the only actual evidence of nuclear radiation was like a dim glowing bulb at the bottom of some sort of like water tank or something and he was saying well, like he what he said he wanted to jump in but of course they said no because if it had jumped in it would broke the spell wouldn't he you know I um I, d I did uh, for my dissertation in medical science about the effects of can uh, the cancer rates of Hiroshima and Nagasaki versus the average for Japan, and I was surprised to find that there was no real. I mean, there was a bit of a spike from people had radiation poisoning and all that, but after that, people um, like uh, thirty years afterwards, they're just absolutely fine. And I thought, but this. This radiation was supposed to stay around forever. Poison the earth. And they say, ah, it was a mid-air blast. And that's why, because that way you've got less radiated earth. And well, why, that why was... is Chernobyl so different then? Well, Chernobyl wasn't a mid-air blast. It was uh, it goes right down into the ground. And uh, yeah. so you've got a lot of radiated soil. Plus, the other thing is that bomb, once that material's gone, it was gone. Whereas in Chernobyl, there was a load of fuel which was unspent. And that kind of went into the meltdown as well. And that also, there was a lot more material in Chernobyl than there was in the nuclear bomb blasts. And I don't, how many, how many, uh, I don't know how you pronounce it, Fukushima or uh, whatever. Um, the uh, Fukushima. You know, that, that one's so much bigger though than Chernobyl. And it's, oh, the great, polluting. the great, well, uh, yeah, that's the other thing uh, as well. It's just, it's uh, with Fukushima, uh, there was the thing that the spent fuel of it was, put just the rods were just put on top of the reactor which is in hindsight probably not a good idea you don't want your waste which is still radioactive to be on top of the reactor um and then uh, there was um it's built on the fault line which also gets hit by tsunamis 
Ah, but if the power goes out, they've got backup diesel generators to keep the cooling plant going um, whilst they can safely shut down the reactor. Except the diesel generators were flooded with water from the tsunami, which in hindsight, it's not probably not a good idea to have your emergency backup diesel generators in the flood zone. Maybe also in hindsight, it's probably not a good idea to have nuclear reactors where there's earthquakes and flooding. The thing is, uh, how many millions of gallons are basically just, uh, you know, a, a spo a spoiled in terms of, of my country's use of the things? And well, yeah, I mean, I was told that the, that's too high a price to pay for it. I think I was told that the Pacific Ocean would be dead by now because of all the uh, toxic waste that's constantly going into it. Because unlike Chernobyl, they can't put a sarcophagus on it because it's. Um, right next to the sea isn't don't the oto uh, the audio temple orientis don't they consider like nuclear radiation as a sentient entity kind of thing because like entities I, I presume are somewhere on the electromagnetic spectrum and and uh well, I, you'd know more about well, it than I, just like, I, I haven't heard of anything i i read everything crowley had to say but he was kind of now this was um michael a hoffman too like that uh, something he said and I, I don't know if it was him but he was saying something something like a cyberpunk kind of thing where there's like this group of fearless sorcerers who expose themselves to nuclear radiation and nuclear waste dumps to, to like obtain sort of magical mutations <laughs> it's pretty crazy but it's all yeah, unbelievable you know that scientist well. that after the manhattan project there was this like spear uh, the uh, spear of uh, they were just trying to figure out okay uh poking around at the thing and uh, all everybody but one person involved and in all that nonsense just died in relative yeah. order so um they were taking yeah. joke joke photographs of themselves, weren't they? But holding like radioactive discs and all that. Yeah, it actually, it actually distorted the photographs of some of the people who did that. No one survived that did that, by the way, uh, in uh, Chernobyl. That went down there and uh, took the equivalent of uh, well, yeah, took selfies down there. <laughs> um, Mind you, there's this thing in in uh, in Chernobyl. They called it Medusa because if you look at it, you're dead um they uh can't they couldn't take photographs of it directly because it would also kill the cameras and destroy the film so the way they did it is using sticks to push this mirror along they would angle the mirror so they could see medusa indirectly and then they would take a photograph of it in the mirror um later on they tr attempted to drill samples out of it it's, it's core material and they were unable to uh, drill any part of it off. Um, they were able to chisel some of it off by, you know, hammering it with a chisel. And they also decided, what happens if we shoot it with our Kalashnikovs? Oh, well, bits chip off. Best not breathe those in. But it's, it's just the fact that it's like, here's like the most radioactive thing in the world. That's so radioactive, if you're, you, you know, if you're in the eyesight of it, it will kill you from the gamma radiation alone. And uh, they're like, uh, hmm, can't drill it. Let's shoot it. See what happens. Well, it's actually going to eventually break through to the wa uh, to the water table, which is going to be a second round of the whole thing. But um... I mean, I guess there's no way they can pick it up and 
put it on a, a concrete plinth or something because it's melted through all those concrete plinths yeah it's 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 made it uh, it's it's uh, underneath it is it is giving way and how long that's going to take i don't know mm. but uh, the the magical use uh, there's there's magical use of everything you know sympathetic magic um and people involving them uh, you know involve uh, involving the spirits and and whatever that's you know I, uh, anything can be used for that so yeah but I there's just love certain things that make it more likely for people to witness things um i should imagine like en entity apparitions would happen around nuclear power stations i mean it's quite a strange must be a strange atmosphere there put it that way it's too bad you don't play game zero you'd really like um stalker it it, it deals with that quite a lot all oh, right i'll have to might, might check it out yeah yeah, I never really got into computer games. No, I liked I liked arcade games. I loved Mad Planets. That that was an amazing game. But yeah, I found it hard going because it is a horror game, and there there is like some real sort of scary elements in it. Um, there was one thing that really freaked me out, and I don't want to give any spoilers, but uh, there's there's mind control in it as well. Um, uh, but it's also sort of based on a on a story which is about um, it's called Visitors, where these aliens leave uh, rubbish after like a picnic on Earth, and then humans go and uh, look at these strange. Go back. Dear, oh. I don't know whether no, the stream has stopped. Maybe ah. Uh. Oh, you no, were cutting was... out, but it's you were cutting out, up. but it's you're all right now. Yeah. Uh, it's coming back up again now. Should you have a 10-minute silence, one-minute silence? Oh, it's saying it's offline. In, mem in memory of the stream. Let's <laughs> <laughs> uh, have a look. I can hear you all right now. Am I all right now? Yeah. Uh, I can't hear anyone else, so... Don't know whether the stream's come back up. Oh, stream offline, but it's saying... Well, I don't have the stream loaded, so I can't. I don't know, but um, oh, it says, well, then it there'd says be an we're, echo it says here we're live it. now. Yeah, I oh, can get. I can get watches. We get watches back now. Reloading it. Uh, oh wow! What the hell hey, was... You should hear your voice in the chat. Why was it bad? Oh, D Live! Like D Live started again. <laughs> we're actually live on D Live now, where we weren't before. Uh, yeah, it, the chat. it sounds like you're in a cathedral there's just it's incredible oh is it the chat's disabled that says the chat's disabled on youtube no there's four watching now it's back up oh sorry that was oh, finished we've finished we've finished youtube says we've finished there's something there's another one go i think there's another one going because everything has all started again Ascended oh, on okay. YouTube, though. Ascended on YouTube. There's another one running. Ah. Um, I'm not seeing it yet. Uh... Oh, it does say live stream offline. Apparently... No, you've definitely... 
I think it's, it's like, definitely finished on YouTube. That says streamed live 80 minutes ago, so it's finished on YouTube. Uh, how long have we been gone, then? Well, about 80 minutes. Yeah. Oh, no, we were gone three minutes, sorry. Yeah, that's from the start of this stream, isn't it? I'm pretty sure that mm. should be that should be up and running again now. Now it definitely says it's ended on YouTube. I just refreshed it. Whilst you were doing this stuff and talking, I was looking at um, coins on Amazon. There's yeah, this Chinese watching live now. We we still going? Not on YouTube. Doesn't doesn't say it for me. We are yeah, still I'm... going. There are three I'm people watching. The... We are going. There are three people watching. I'm telling you. Could you... Uh, it's oh, it thinks, I think anything. it started a new stream. Well, that's the thing. I'm clicking on both home and videos for Hemingford Ground. I'm not seeing anything on YouTube. Oh just... no, I've got it live now. Yeah, full watching. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're still going. Yeah. yeah okay, so returning to the theme. Uh, that it's something that goes back way before the uh you know where they get santa claus bit from just just to stop you but uh, can they have a can may i have a link to the youtube stream because i'm not yeah, seeing I'll it on it. I'll your it channel i'm gonna have to stitch these two together to do the audio i think <laughs> yeah oh, i think i think I've, i think i found the downside with restream if you lose if you lose your stream then you have to start again it, then it starts mm, it again We've been going tech support, tech support interlude. But the bonus about the stream dropping out is we're now uh, we're now going out to D Live <laughs> with this with the with the with the downhill section. Now we're, we're going on YouTube. We've got six watching now. There we go. Everyone's come back again. Um, yeah, yeah. So I found I found the I found the downside to doing doing it with restream is the fact that if you lose. If you look, because normally, normally, if if you're doing it, if you're doing OBS to YouTube, it will stop and then restart, but you'll keep the same stream. But with restream, it just starts a new stream. If you drop out, yeah. What what he said, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Aren't you glad we you get to learn all this technical behind the scenes stuff, dear dear audience? I sure am. Right, let's let's crack. So. Let's crack what 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 were you saying, Jafer? Um, well, going back about five thousand years ago, there was the uh, often even covered in snow. They'd send they'd send somebody out uh, with a bag to uh, you know catch the uh, to get the fly agarg mushrooms, and they'd have them dressed in the colors of the mushroom, you know, white and red, and then they'd even come through a, a you know the you know, they'd turn off the fire and he'd come through the chimney, um, through the home that is often covered in snow, with the uh, with the mushrooms to hand out. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely crazy, isn't it? Santa, Santa comes down the chimney, but witches go up the chimney. So, what's going on there? I know, I know, chimneys and hearths were like gateways to the underworld, like in in old, older times, and. I know, well, there's, there's been cases of it, isn't there? Of like demons, like underneath the hearth and that. And... Well, you know, you know that you know that verse in the Bible: "The uh, be prudent as snakes and uh, innocent as doves." What is that to do with Satan? Uh, Satan, <laughs> Santa. 
Well, the 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 basically the uh, ascent and descent are, you know, sort of as important, oh. but. Uh, Obviously, uh, since they had the person dressed in the, uh, you know, since the Europeans who did this had the person dressed in the colors of the mushroom, there was definitely a sympathetic magic thing. And having him, you know, the house buried in snow, yeah, that could happen. But, uh, you know, going going down could have definitely been a symbolic element in the whole thing. Because a chimney is a phallic symbol, isn't it? It's like over, over here, there's a tradition where like chimney sweeps were invited to weddings, like to ensure fertility. And I think it's got something to do with heat and the sun and the 666 and the carbon. And yeah. But why why is Santa an anagram of Satan? That's that's just, that can't be a coincidence, surely. I mean, well, it's it's a language thing, but uh, Satanama, you know, um, is is a is is a, ma a mantra you do with your fingers. Satanama, you know, because um, it ties in with Krampus, doesn't it? You you want to talk about Krampus, didn't you, Hemi? Like, I mean, ha Krampus is Satan, isn't he? Really, like, it seems to me. Oh, is Hemi well, later, later on, I guess, I guess is, uh, Satan became the Punisher rather than, well, if Satan's the tempter, why is he the Punisher, too? Um, the adversary. Well, cra Krampus. Oh, that, that's the interesting thing is it's it's thought to be a misspelling. There's a lot of stuff that if you pick up a tonic, they say, oh, it's a misspelling. But that has meaning, too. It's like uh, instead of Sathon, which means adversary, they call, you know, they, they use the sheen instead of the semek, which would turn it into uh, the continual scourge is actually the meaning put forward. It doesn't translate as the adversary, it translates as the continual scourge. But at some point they could have switched it, just like there's a passage in Genesis that has an older version that actually lists out angels, but they switched it to something with the number value that has it. What 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 language is that? The eternal scourge, or uh, in in Ar in Aramea, which is what they they didn't call it ancient Hebrew or anything like that. They called it Aramea. That's actually how the name of the language is spelt out. Um, but they later th people call it biblical Hebrew, but it's it's really not. Hebrew is only what uh, Hebrew didn't exist until the Talmud. Basically, um, the early Christians didn't encounter anything they would have called Hebrew. Nobody called it Hebrew, but in that so language. So what's that bit in the Bible where the, there's the books of Hebrews? The, can I do a well, joke? There was, Bible there, joke? There was people called that, certainly, but they weren't the only ones speaking the language. And ah. they didn't call it that. They didn't call it Hebrew. Hebrew wasn't the name of their language. And even according to the contemporary stuff by the Israelites, they didn't think they had a different language. It's like... You know what there's like 12 different dialects of arabic or something like that or um and Semitic, you know yeah. people don't say it's not arabic if you speak one dialect versus the other mm. can i do a bible joke seeing as we, we just covered a bit of this punchline Go on, then. so why does it uh did you know that the bible says men should make the tea <laughs> no. where does it say that then hebrews 
Oh, God. I think we've got... Sorry. Carry, carry on with your thing. I'm, I'm interested. I well, just... I I, Christmas... I just relate to Christmas is, um, like, Christ, Messiah, Emmanuel, they kind of... Every one of those implies something unchristian. Um, and Emmanuel itself doesn't mean what people... Uh, what, what, what you're taught in church it means. It means... Basically, uh, not only is it used for all sorts of figures, um, but the fact that it ends in L means it's not God. It's something of God. Like like Daniel doesn't mean judgment of uh, God of judgment. It means judgment of God. There's a, there's a difference. So Emmanuel is the speaker to and for the people for God. It doesn't mean God incarnate. There's no way to render it as God incarnate. And if you are saying that incarnation, the new, then the L at the, the, L at the end would mean that it's not God, but something operating on behalf of God. Well, the other thing about that is, is apparently Christ means anointed one, anointed in oil. So, uh, Christos was what they called the Jewish high priest at the time. The the priest of the land was always called Christos. Ah, I thought that was Cohen. Uh, well, that's that's the more general term for everybody, and and there's a difference. There's a difference between a a Cohen or a Cohen and other types of priest. Um, of course, that's 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 been blurred all over the place, even in Arabic, where it where at its root is it's a different type of priest. It's um, basically like a soothsayer. It's 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 not, it's not a good word in old Arabic, um, but it's the same same basic root uh the controller of the axis is what it means in Ar aramea so the language of of the jewish bible it's not a good thing and all these enemies the, uh, you know basic uh, jeremiah isaiah they all basically said don't trust the uh, don't trust these ha kahanim this is a trouble i have with christianity because the bible and because um, for many years I followed the King James version because I was told that that's the most accurate translation available. But now I've learned that that contains loads of errors. So it's all up in the air, isn't it? It's, uh, it like you said before, like well, some of them are intentional. King James is as much as they don't do away with this. Uh, Seems like a political thing, doesn't it? The King James. Well, well, King James was King James was uh, was homosexual, and he was known as homosexual. And it's very interesting to point out to see the fact that the uh, condemnation of homosexuality in the King James version is less than other versions. Um, oh, that's interesting. I've never heard that before. What King James was a homosexual. The, uh, the bit which I find interesting about the King James Bible is it's the foundation of commercial law for the, throughout the world yeah. for all people, and that's why English was the vehicle of language. Now, my grandma taught me, she says, ah, it's because air traffic control uh, uses English for, uh, or, so all the air traffic controllers must speak English. And so it turns out that actually long before that with commercial law, that's why everyone speaks English, or at least... The educated used to speak English. Now everyone does. Why do they use Mayday then, Hobbit? That's French. Mayday. French, that's French, isn't it? Yeah. Well, as George Bush told me, the French have no words for entrepreneur. 
Yeah, here's a Christmas fact. Christmas crackers were invented by the British guy, Tom Smith, a London sweet maker in 1846. The original idea was to wrap his sweets in a twist of fancy coloured paper, but this developed and sold much better when he added love notes, whatever they are, paper hats, small toys, and a small explosive device that made them go bang. So yeah, we invented out, Christmas crackers. So he's sending out love notes to kids then, is that what it's like? <laughs> oh, love, it says like he added love notes. I don't know. Well, love notes in Christmas crackers. That's a bit. Do you know the history of love hearts? Because I'm wondering if that has any relation to it. Uh, did you have love hearts over in America, um, our guest? As, as gifts? Uh, uh, well, sweets, kind of. Well, the. Uh, for Valentine's Day, they, def they definitely have the little uh, little candy hearts that you don't even see in the store, uh, in most stores, except around them. Um, but I think that, you know, since it's not really shaped like a heart and it's really shaped more like something else, I think that's where the whole thing comes from. But some people say the symbol comes from, um, what, uh, syphilium or uh, what, what's, what's, what's that herb that was like a... That an anti-fertility drug back in the day that kind of went into extinction because it was overgrazed. Ah, not lettuce then, because uh, lettuce was consumed by Romans as an anti-aphrodisiac. No, not not lettuce. It was no. I I think I know the one you're on about. The kind of curl. It was. Yeah, you did see part of the thing. It kind of curled. Um, it was a heart-like symbol. It, it, it was shaped like it. Uh, part of it was shaped like it. Mm. And that's how you knew that. That's how you knew the plant. As it was. Well, I, I briefly want to go back to crackers, if Jaffer, I may. I'm just, can... just so you know, that's what a love heart is. I've just done a screen share on it. I used to like them. Yeah. I still do. I mean, them and palm right. violets are tasty. Yeah. Oh, They're I. I, I they're uh, chalk. A, a blurry bit with a with pink line. I don't. They're chalky, and they've got various uh, uh, mementos like "Be Mine" or "True Love" and things like that. And, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That sounds that sounds like what that sounds like what people find out at uh, Valentine's Day, or at least spy for themselves. Well, with love hearts in in the UK, you can have them all year round because we are a romantic people. You see here in the United <laughs> Kingdom. And, and what better way to say you love someone than sharing sweeties with them? Um, so I, I want to go on to crackers because I'm told this story and I quite like it. And I don't know if it's a prop apocrypha or not. Uh, you've got hats in, in Christmas crackers. And the idea behind the hats is you put on, you, uh, sorry, the, the hats are paper crowns. And this was an old Roman tradition in Saturnalia where all the slaves would wear, um, they too would wear crowns. And pretend to be the uh, the kings or the equites for just one day. Okay. Um, so yeah, exactly. And with the, the the snap of the cracker as well. I mean, that's just a bit of fun. I don't know if there's any story behind that. Positively homosexual. Anyway, how was it? Oh God, Hello. I'm a skeptic. Zero. He waited until he was in private before he goes. Uh, so everyone, um, what was all this fact bullshit? We're man? streaming. We're, stre <laughs> we're streaming, Capstan. Are you yeah. not actually streaming? Are you? We're actually, we are streaming. We are streaming. 
but you're yeah. not. I've looked on your YouTube stream. It's no, no stream went stream went down for a bit, and because uh, I was using an, an an app that distributes it, because it lost signal, it dumped the stream off and started a new one. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> yeah, on his on Hemi's channel, you can't see the new stream. So oh, I've, I've, not, I've literally just found the new stream. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's oh, that's one thing you can see. There's a difference of like. Um, Per, uh, you know, I, well, I don't. I don't know about over where you're at, but definitely state by state, there's a difference in the foods and the and the sweets that are the that are the most popular and such. And a lot of it has nothing to do with what foods grow in the area. It's just, you know, this this area this became a popular thing, and it's like, you know, something tropical will you know be shipped in, and that's what they use. Um, Getting an orange in your stocking is the thing it was 50 years ago, but it used to be. But well, nuts, like, it is, I guess, because nuts nuts are getting quite expensive and people can't afford regular nuts except maybe peanuts. That's why I'm getting clementines. Yeah, I notice nuts are expensive. I quite like pistachios, but um, I've not bothered this year. Mate, have you not been to like a half decent health food shop in Britain in terms for nuts, Hobbit? Yes, you get to your I bag of yeah, but like, you know, those kilo bags or, you know, two pound bags mm. of like uh, uh, of, of various types of nuts for less than 10 quid. You know, which well, I know it, is not, you know. That's not a great price. Well, yeah, but no. still, you think what fit, you know, you, you think that what a pound, pound hundred grams, 50 pence for like 50 grams or, or something. Mm. Well, like Especially you, if you're just eating that, them raw. Not in the shell ones over here. Um seven to thirteen dollars depending on which type it is is that's that standard so what per, per that's pound crazy. per pound yeah four seven bucks for a pound of nuts is not a good deal no seven well i i, per, I personally wait, i personally wait until like the next uh you know after uh after the after the holiday uh well after well it you know, after after Chris after Christmas after the Super Bowl stuff like this, this is when to go looking for nuts, and you could catch them being cleared off for a quarter of their regular price because they figure, oh, people are buying piles of nuts in the shell for Christmas and other nuts for that, and you can catch some pretty good deals. But yeah, nuts are nuts are an expensive food nowadays. Mister Two Six Two says he used to love roast chestnut Christmas markets. He's getting harder to find them now i was quite lucky in vienna then i just in time for the christmas market and they had roast chestnuts there and uh, yeah that was good just had a bag of uh, roasted chestnuts and could have done with a bit of honey but they'll do on their own well that's that's one of the ones that i've gathered i one, one year i i said you know there was a bunch of acorns down this one area and i'm like Okay, I'm going down here with the bucket. I go back with the acorns, and then I, then I fill my pockets with the chestnuts. Apparently, on on the on the way on the way home, and so I, I processed acorns and chestnuts. Aren't acorns quite bitter? Uh, yeah, you gotta so you gotta soak them until you don't have the brown out. Uh, you know, uh, the, you gotta soak out the tannins, but they're not. They're actually okay. kind of a sweet, bready sort of nutty taste when you remove the tannins but yeah you can you can do yourself in by not processing uh processing some foods like acorns that need to uh be processed yeah yeah it's one of those things so people oh, for... say oh the, the 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 squirrels do it it's like yeah but the squirrels gnaw on stuff that would destroy our teeth 
Yeah, yeah, they uh, they certainly do that. So yeah, Christmas. We've got Saturnalia, we've got Sol Invictus, we have the winter solstice and the celebration of the sun coming back after three days, which I always find quite a fun story, but I don't know much about paranormal stuff to do with Christmas. I'm I'm sorry, I'm stories and oracle oracle reading around that time of year was uh, particularly more common. Um, not as common as around Halloween, but um, it is one of those. There seems to be a, just uh, by the way, I don't know how many people knew it in in this call, uh, but uh, there is currently uh, Edward Dutton or Doctor Dutton, as well as Woes, is currently streaming now for Millennial. If you're wondering about your view counts. Yeah, I was. Well, we got yeah. ten people. We got ten people watching, but uh, I yeah, can imagine they're from... in this chat. Well, I've got, I've got, <laughs> I've got a whole, two. I've got a whole one-person viewing on D Live, so that was an experiment that didn't work. <laughs> yeah, but mate, well, you always, you always want to know where to send it. You know, yeah, you, 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 you've got, you've got to keep a backup of these things. We talked about this. You know? Yeah. Well, it's a fun podcast for later. That's that's the bit which I enjoy. You know, we, we get to hear it, and I get to hear Hemi's voice and roboted on on the recording later. So if you if you <laughs> haven't subscribed to to the podcast, there's have you put it in the show description? The RSS. Uh, it it will it will be because because I'm basically restreaming yeah. is a completely different app. So we all, all I can put in at the moment is the um, multi streaming with rest is it, it, it's, it's just the title and then you just get that but i shall fill all the mm. notes in and stuff yeah so are the spirits with us tonight because i've got tullamore dew with me oh i was uh, i'm just going with my deity carling oh sugar free <laughs> shandy <laughs> oh fuck off uh, i had, to, but, I had, uh, I had yeah, a point got... of i had a, I had a bottle of uh, hobgoblin it's supposed to be a ruby beer, but it's really, really dark. It almost looks like a stout is that dark. Mate, it's, I said it's, it's fucking student beer. It's like £1.25 in Tesco for a near pint of the stuff. Oh, I, bu I bought one of those. You know? I've, I've, I've been, lately, I've been buying those. You know those boxes of, la boxes of lager? You get about 12 and you get like two of each, different ones. Mm -hmm. Oh, you, you mean the real ale car, uh, box? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've, I've just bought a uh, Green King one. I must say, for some reason to d tonight, I feel normally I don't feel guilty about derailing, but I do feel guilty about derailing at this time because Zero and uh, our guest, who I keep referring to you as our guest because your name's a bunch of um, letters. It's Jafer. Like most names are. Oh, Jafer. That's easy enough to remember. Yeah. Um, but, no, you know, all I want to do is talk about. Hey, but close enough. All I want to do is talk about mince pies and Christmas crackers and other things. <laughs> well, I've got a cracker well, story. Literature, you know, aside from literature being replaced by television shows, um, I guess, uh, you know, one one of the things that they still do is there's there's always some channel that's just some video of a log. I'm not sure how long the loop is or if it's a loop or whether they just have a six-hour video of a log burning or Oh, um, I saw that. I was in a pub and they had their, their screen was showing a, a picture of a fire. And I just thought, I'd rather that was showing like Sky News or something. It was really annoying. Uh, it, 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 it used to watch, uh, uh, pick a big old log that was going to make it through the thing, uh, going to make it through uh, 
a day or maybe even more and just burn the thing and watch and interpret the sparks and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, that that's the, the Yuletide log. It's That's a fun tradition, which I, I wish we could have. Uh, what's the what's the Christmas myth about you about finding your future husband? Isn't there something to do with like stirring the pie or so, stirring the mince pudding, or the the pudding or something? I thought it was the Yule log. Was it? Oh. Is it the Yule? Is it the Yule log? I th I'm pretty sure. Oh, I think you kept you kept the last bit of the Yule log, and that made that assured that you were married. Or I might be getting it confused with something, but. but I want, I've got I've got to get my British um, British uh, the British invented Christmas crackers we can agree on that but the British also created magic safe cracking by magic. Morgan's X-ray device that enabled the combination of the, of the lock of every safe in Britain to be read so it gave MI5 potential access to every safe in Britain through Morgan's x-ray device that could read the combination of the safe from the outside. Isn't that fascinating? Uh, it's well, a I Christmas think, miracle. I think it's fascinating. <laughs> I think it's fascinating. Well, on, he's, he's, he's got some Ouija board stories. Come on. One, one thing that can overlap between uh, one, uh, one, you know, Christmas and Halloween, uh, you, you know, you can watch The Nightmare Before Christmas. Except the song that you sing is going to be different. You're not holding up a pumpkin going, ha, 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 Halloween. No. Um, Kidnap Santa Claus. That's not a good one to sing in the mall, though. How about this one? I've, I've found some Christmas superstitions. Uh, so if you can find a kneeling donkey on Christmas Eve and make the sign of the cross on its back, you'll get your heart's desire. Uh, the Irish believe that the gates of heaven, heaven, heaven open at midnight on Christmas Eve. Those who die at that time go straight through without having to wait in purgatory. Uh, hay carried around a church three times on Christmas Eve was said to ensure the cattle would fatten easier on less feed in the year to come. Uh, wait, that's the, the thing about like going straight to heaven without waiting in purgatory. Yeah. I thought you just go straight to heaven anyway. You have your chat with St. Peter and then he has a good old chuckle and he said, well, but I don't believe in heaven. It's like, well, we believed in you. <laughs> go on, go in, mate. Uh, what else? We well, the, the one thing that makes sense about uh, the transfer to the afterlife is that, okay, one of the things would be our, our influence. And how is that going to be witnessed to if we just die? You know, it's it's humanity basically has to die for some of our influence, uh, for some influences of some people to completely wear off. So final judgment in that respect kind of makes sense is that, you know, how are we supposed to know that it's a fair trial if it can't be witnessed? Hmm. Ah, the, I found I it. I found it. Stirring, stirring Christmas pudding will bring you good luck. A wish. And if you're a female, a husband within the year. There you go. Hmm. I've got one of those wives, wives' tales to encourage like women to actually make a Christmas pudding as opposed to just buying one from the supermarket. Well, it certainly tastes better to not have the... Uh... Oh, I've found some good Christmas birthday myths. Uh, in Greece, if the child's born on Christmas, it's feared to be a calicanceroi or, or a wandering spirit. In Poland, they believe the child may turn out to be a werewolf. 
Yeah, we didn't get to on our werewolf show. We didn't. I was going to say how how to become a werewolf, but uh, maybe for another time. But yeah, but about Christmas food, like back in the eighteen hundreds, like turkeys were like rounded up in October, and their feet were clad in like leather boots. Like every turkey was clad, their feet were clad with leather boots. And then they had to do like the 80 mile hike from the Norfolk farms up to London and all the big houses. And so you got all these turkeys like with leather boots on, like walking up to London to be slaughtered. Kind of, that's a bit grim, isn't it? Why would you put leather boots on them when they've got claws to walk on? I don't know. That's something I found today on some website. But I suppose if, if they. I suppose their feet would wear out, wouldn't it, if they had to walk like 80 miles? On domestic turkeys, it's like uh, they, they look more like vultures than what you'd expect of a turkey. The Because uh, um, I spent, you know, I was like 36 years old till I, I never saw a wild turkey. And they, you know, you have to look at it for a second to realize it's not a vulture. Oh, I've got I've got a great wild turkey uh, story. These these couple of fellas in America go out hunting wild turkey. Bag bag this. I think they're poaching or something. So they bag themselves a turkey, throw it in the boot along with a shotgun. Um, turkey's not quite dead enough and manages to pull the trigger of the shotgun and shoots one of the blokes. Uh, How on earth does that happen? <laughs> I uh, I shot a, I shot a shotgun once. Well, there's possible, and... but not likely. <laughs> yeah. Now, turkey getting into a house or uh, or well, a barn in particular, but a house. I've, you know, that's that's happened here. Is there was a turkey in the one side, and but the house is breaking down on that side, so that's how it got in. Um, I've got a totally uh, yeah, an animal sometimes pull uh, uh, pull a trigger or, so, or something. Not that they hold up the gun and fire it, but yeah, yeah, it's just while it was flopping around in the boot, it managed to catch the trigger and then bang, <laughs> one, of the, one of the poachers gets shot. <laughs> nice. I've got a totally unrelated to Christmas weird fact here that Ozzy Osbourne released his song Mister Crowley. 33 years and three months after Alistair Crowley's death. Well, he would do, <laughs> wouldn't he? And, and Ozzy Osbourne was 33 years and three months old when uh, Randy Rhodes of Black Sabbath died in 1982. How about when he bit the head off that butt? Yeah. I think he did actually do that. It's not act. act, act well, he, he, main, he maintains that it was an accident because the fans used to throw all kinds of stuff on the stage. Yeah. Uh, but one of them threw, threw a bat on the stage. <laughs> he thought it was a rubber one. <laughs> it's the story that Ozzy tells. How does the bat not fly away? Yeah, that's what I'm kind of weird. Unless it was a dead bat. pretty stunned by the, by well, the music. If, if you throw a toy at someone, it's still going to have like some... Uh, you know, if it's, if, if it's not even a real critter, it, you know... If, if he thought it was a rubber one, he'd expect more movement than something, so... The fact that there was some movement after it hit his hand would have been expected, and you know, and then he realized, oh no, no, I bet it's a real one. <laughs> Oopsie! Uh, yeah. And Cliff Burton. Well, you know the interesting thing about three, 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 don't you? 
Well, Cliff Burton, the bass player of Metallica, he died three years, three months and three days after the release of their debut album, Kill Them All. So you got the 333 there with heavy metal music and we all know what 333 is the number of them. Uh, on, yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's also, you got, after three minutes, you get a third of your night vision, an additional 30 minutes, two thirds of it, and if you're in the dark for three hours and 33 minutes, you get all your night vision as a human. Huh. Hmm. So it's, it's interesting when you uh, basically that never happens to me unless I'm asleep. I've never actually s stood in dark enough that long, you know. Well, there is, there, is a, there is a rumor, isn't there, that pirates used to wear an eye patch because then what they'd do at night was they'd switch the eye patch over. So then they'd have full night vision in one eye. That's interesting, yeah. yeah. Well, then you could go. Uh, you could go below deck. You could go below deck and have, and uh, so it would it would help with rating. Is that you uh, that, you know, the advantage that they would have in having been below deck. And but when you climb on another ship and you go in and you switch your, uh, you you go down there and you switch your thing and you have the, uh, you know, you're already adjusted on one yeah. side. I wore an eye patch for about six months when I was uh, 18. Yeah. Not for medical reasons, because I've got a slight squint in one of my eyes. So the doctor said, you, you should wear an eye patch. So I wore an eye patch. I felt very self-conscious. When, yeah. when, <laughs> when it at the point of, point of time when uh, Dr. Hook was in the chair? Well, I, I don't know. Yeah, it probably was. Yeah. <laughs> so like Jafer. Is the, is the British Illuminati the same as the American Illuminati? Because we came over there, didn't we, in, in the uh, 16th century, and you've got that Washington well, the, in the 70s, street layout. In the 1880s, the Bulgarian Illuminati was sort of an elite organization of the richest people in the Americas and in Europe. Um, I don't know if anywhere else was included. Um, I definitely did research into what the official stuff about the Illuminati is but because uh... I think like on the Mayflower and that like the, the the ships that came from England to America like we're, we're told to believe that they were all Christians and like non-conformists but I think there was an Illuminati ship well, within as, that, within as, that as opposed to organizations like the Freemasons although they did allow that they definitely the, the Illuminati did definitely have a separate current not that they were all uh you know evil or something they 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 didn't want the control of the priest uh, control of the priesthood and it was rumored that you couldn't make it to the top ranks of the illuminati if you were christian um that is definitely a possibility that that adam white uh, how, how do you say his name uh, adam Weishaup. why short i'll probably not say that right i don't know but he, I mean, but he he didn't uh but it's it's base. Uh, but the pro the thing that that turned against the Illuminati was that they, you know, they didn't like the monarchy, and that really didn't fly back then. Because I mean, Washington D.C. that really is laid out in Masonic principles, isn't it? You got the pentagrams and things like that. And so well, there was definitely. A, well, it it appears that all that was. It was done by individuals that were Freemasons, and you did have government. Uh, you did have stuff 
oh, the legislator is all Freemasons, so why don't we just hold the meeting at the lodge and then switch over and have the lodge meeting? And um, there were incidences of stuff like that happening. But uh, the, the interesting thing in, the, in American history in terms of the Freemasons was uh, Albert Pike. Yeah, he's the man, isn't he? Yeah, he, Lucifer, uh, Lucifer worshiper. Yeah, Southern general to uh, uh, you know that they still have his statues. Uh, you know, the only Confederate general that they allowed to maintain his position, basically. But I don't know was he was he high enough in the Freemasons at the time to facilitate um, not. I think, I think he was thirty-three degrees, wasn't he? I think. Well, he he redid he redid the rituals based on his research into a comparative religion. Uh, he died with honors in three respects, as a as well multiple respects, I guess. Uh, you know, because he was of the Confederacy, because he because uh, he was the top of the Freemasons. He was, um, you know, he got his honors as as a Christian, and he got his honors as a Klansman, and as it's very interesting in that respect was that he was a Klansman who was against racism. Um, he was asked by other members of the Klan to uh, put a stop to the Pearl Hall lodges and, so, and some other things that would have helped out the black community. And he's, he was like, he renounced some things he said later in life. Um, I mean, this wasn't all in one session that this all happened, but he basically, if people are of good moral character and they accomplish something physically or intellectually or whatever, uh, it doesn't matter what the uh, what you know what their heritage was that they were born from, you know. So he believed in meritocracy in, in that in that respect, and so he kind of he kind of don't expect a prominent clansman to uh, have uh, said some of the stuff he did. Because he also he also introduced Luciferianism, didn't he? To in his well, moral Luciferian. Uh, uh, well. Basically, Luciferianism is um, well. It's, it's not. It's not supposed to be an evil thing. Although a lot of people, it's a disguised or, or perhaps, uh, you know, sort of uh, Satanism sort of thing. There are Satanists amongst them, but Luciferianism is sort of a self liberation thing, and and that's what you can kind of tie to the uh, Mithra. Uh, there was a lot of Mithra figures worshipped as a Mithra, as an intercessor and that sort of thing. But a lot of it wasn't as a vicarious sort of thing. A lot of it was sort of a, as a figure that you can sort of, you know, bring yourself out of your own darkness. And that's the key point that pretty much every Luciferian will admit to is that it's about through your own deeds, through your own figuring out, through your own notion. Well, through your own gnosis, if it doesn't come through entire, uh, you know, if it comes from somewhere else. Because um, Lucifer's definitely not Satan, is it? I mean, a lot, or some Christians well, it's, say it they're the up, same, don't they? But, you know, what, Dante and Milton and, and Blake, but before that, you really don't have that. I mean, if you've ever seen the Easter visual, it says that Jesus is the Lucifer of Lucifers. Um, you know, if you only... If you don't, if you leave some of it untranslated, that's that's what you're arriving at. Uh, four passages in the Bible, uh, you know, four passages. Uh, well, uh, not not four. Is it is it is it three? You get uh, uh, Revelations twenty two sixteen. Um, there are versions of that that actually use the word Lucifer. 
Um, if you take uh, talk about the book of Daniel, the fact that one of his buddies was renamed to Abednego, Nego meaning um, being a word for Lucifer. So basically, Daniel, uh, uh, the guy being a servant of, you know, so Daniel being the one in charge was considered the Lucifer of the time, if you put it back in that language. And there's a lot of figures like that, is that they did their own hero deeds. It's such a fascinating, he's such a fascinating character, Lucifer, because you've got the, the or, or, I don't know if they're Muslims, but you've got the Order of the Peacock Angel, and and they seem to. Oh yeah, the yes, that's it. Yeah, but the the Yazdi culture, um, yeah, that's definitely something I'm probably going to go into in more detail at some at some point. I definitely, but the um, the Yazdi. Um, they're actually a culture that I've traced back 30,000 years, um, 12,000 years. They were uh, 12,000 years, 10,000 years ago, that range. They were a really big culture next to the, I mean, the only bigger religious group that you can think of going on in those periods is that 17,000 years of uh, Western Europe in particular, where you had the Therianthropes symbol that was like six or seven different animals one of them being a human all all blended into one and that was a symbol but the uh the yesity mythology kind of goes do you, you know, know much about the pe why do they choose the what did they choose the peacock that... well one of the one of the incarnations of shaitan which in avestan which is the older language for that group um and that's where their calendar starts is from is that so many years ago uh 5700s i don't remember exactly how many um basically they have the longest running calendar and it's based on the peacock incarnation which their tradition is degraded and it was put down in arabic at some point that's why people think it was uh uh a lot of uh you know it's, it's like akbar calling for calling for uh the the recording of old uh old uh, of whatever mythology and stuff they could get a hold of didn't mean that whatever that you know that the hindu mythology that you can't find record of before that was all of a sudden muslim theology that you know it's like making that argument and nobody really makes that argument um but basically shaitan you know shaitan took on different forms the cast out of a place it's basically iblis diabolos whatever name for the devil uh, Malik Taos got that, you know, got that name. Um, you know, a snake, a black snake with a black dot or a couple black dots above its eyes. Um, there were different incarnations, but the peacock incarnation is said to be the one that revealed their current scripture, which was said to be significantly bigger, which I do kind of believe since like the Vedas, we've lost at least, there are said to be seven Vedas at one point. And I think they uncovered like a fifth Veda um was actually by one of the names that but for some reason it hasn't been published in mass um i don't even remember what it was called but there was a fifth veda i think that they discovered um in recent years that's fascinating but yeah, but yeah it, it got you know this the you know the, is it nbc the one that has that little peacock thing it's that looks just like this ancient statue that pre, that predates what we're supposed to know about uh that's said about the Yazidi culture but the the fallen angels kind of take over they don't want to bow you know they don't want to bow to adam and basically 
the the light beings and the fire beings unite um you know is is the goal of the yesity that um i'm jumbling here but i well, that, I think that's what what goes on this jumbling. I mean, you've got like, like I said earlier, Al, Albert Kinsey, Alfred Kinsley, and he's he's into Alastair Crowley, and he went over to Sicily with Kenneth Anger, the fil the underground occult OTO filmmaker, and they go over to Sicily and try to do this documentary, which seems to be lost, but which is a shame because I'd love to see it. And and yeah, that that they influence the culture and then there's like um all this uh what was it that, that um what well, they influence the culture and there's politics and and it all it's all jumbled up and what the hell is going on well by jumbled i mean is i'm not uh, you know trying to put into a package uh references entire entire books uh, archaeological sorts of findings you know going back even tens of thousands of years and stuff like this it's it's you know yeah I'm not sure how i'm expressing it but you do find there is you can think that the yesdi are like the most influ if you if you don't believe in the one religion theory you really kind of have to say the yesdi were the most influential religion of all times you see, you see their influence in Christianity. You see their influence in, in aspects of Judaism that are kind of different than Christianity. You see uh, they're the ones who spread reincarnation to the Greeks and the Hindus and uh, along the belief in such. Um, there, there, there's, a lot, there's a lot of things which are, that are not quite on, uh, on the surface of my memory right now, but... Um, they have this book, don't they? Did, did you say they have this book, this grim, not grimoire, but they have this sacred book, don't they? The the Yazidis. Well, uh, there there was a, there was a Sufi that went in the area and thought he should preserve their religion, so he so he got everything he could down into Arabic. Um, there are some traditions that are said to still be not there, but they they go on the pilgrimage to where the basically. You know, uh, again, cast out of a place, cast out of a place for what? So it's a, it's the same figure, um, but it's not it's not as sinister as what we would expect of a massive uh, satanic group as as it really is. Um, but it used to be the religion of the world as far as um, as as far as evidence uh, is is concerned. There is there there really isn't a bigger group. Um, I can I can see parallels between like the Muslim like um, the Muslim trying to suppress the Yazidis with like the witches being being suppressed back in the medieval times as if like there's this underground religion and the powers that be really want to stamp it out, don't they? And it goes well, on, it goes on all over the world. Definitely two different. Uh, 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 we don't you don't really see the. Uh, contextual uh, you, you see people that were were muslim that did stuff but it wasn't exactly their faith they're supposed to allow you know the initial the initial verse that was learned in terms of war um of the of the quran the story goes is that uh, you know uh, 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 20 22 39 and 40 um basically uh you know, if you know that if you refer to the Arabic, there's more meaning than you're going to typically find in your translation. But 
basically they were they were told that the meaning uh, that the of the purpose of war is to to defend uh, everybody's house of worship, any spiritual oratory. So they were never they were never allowed to to um, regardless of what someone's religion was. It's like the uh, when they went th through into Mecca, there were still people. Um, you know, when, when they f finally got control over Mecca, there were still people that were that wanted to do stuff like bring statues to the the place, and they were just told, you know, I, I condemn these things, but uh, just don't bring them here. Uh, just don't bring them here anymore. This is not the not the place. And um, you know, people expect why didn't they kill them? And it's like, well, no, they weren't told that. So, um, but there were people that went too far, you know, too far with that. That there, there's, there's actually a list of seventy-two different groups that have that have persecuted them, and I guess the uh, the pseudo Islamic State is going to be added to the list at some point. Yeah, I, I wonder if there's some Malek Tours or whatever who's transmitting this information to people all over the world, and they've all got parts of parts of this uh, ancient knowledge, and it's just a fascinating uh, idea. Well, there's, as I said, there's the influence you can trace, and okay, if there's, you know, this 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 race that fell, and even if they, you know, whether whether or not they've rejoined forces, all of them or part of them, you would expect that, yeah, that they're out there and continually trying to have an influence. It wouldn't make sense otherwise. Um, well, I mean, the other parts of the story kind of imply that that would probably be the case. Yeah, I mean, I, I think... And I think so, the, so the idea is that, you know, it's like a very common notion in Satanism is that uh, you're, you know, you're uh, they're going to still have... Uh, you know, God, God calls his prophets, but Satan calls them all over the place. So, yeah, those who have opened themselves up to that, I mean, there's no guarantee. You hear people, you know, you literally hear people's stories. It's like they spent a whole lifetime in what they've had one experience. Um, I've got to ask, have you ever called up Satan? Well, you could say that because uh, well that definitely uh, well okay no you can say that because um yeah you know, i I, uh, I was 15 i think i was um and it was a uh, it was in the egyptian guys so set and so set um i just got in my head one day when i was you know i could call up called up the thing um use using the bathroom mirror and stuff and i like about five four this this red but not quite your typical red like like another sort of red and it told me something about destroying me and i was like so freaked that i basically repented of the whole thing and never um but in my research i found sort of a pre-Judea reference to a pre-Judaic uh, Abrahamic uh, transmission. So I kind of got in that for a little bit, but it was so fragmented it wasn't really, I couldn't really make a life out of it. But um, yeah, I, I did I did call up uh, that that That's was 
that was really my first spiritual experience you could say because i nothing else was really into that into that realm um i mean i believed in spiritual uh, you know i believed there was a spiritual side but that was i think my first encounter so you, you sort of called satan up like without sort of meaning to kind of thing oh no 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 i meant to all right because because i i called satan up without meaning to because some some of the some of the some of the stuff that you kind of um yeah some of your st stereotypical sorcerer stuff you, you know you find it as far back as you're as you're going to go not that i did anything self-harming or, or or filthy or uh, uh, in particular um but I think I accidentally cut myself and got in my head to use the blood to do this. That's uh, that, that's that's mm. what I that that's how it went down. Yeah, something like that. That's, that's interesting. You did it when you were fifteen because that was about the time when I did it. But I didn't do it sort. Of, uh, I say I didn't do it consciously, but I sort of did do it consciously at the same time because I was really not depressed, but I just hated the world and I just thought, well, this is like such a prison and i went for a walk on the beach like and i can't i can't really explain what happened but i sort of called out to the to the darkness but without calling out to it but i was calling out to it at the same time i don't know what i was doing but a few days after that i was in town and i just walked down this alleyway that i didn't I, i'd never walked down before and just on the, on this sort of like doorway there was um there was a there was an a verse pentagram and the word satan under it but it was done not like some like like half half ass sort of graffiti that was done very very artistically and almost perfect you know it was an almost perfect averse pentagram with the with the name satan underneath it and i i stared at it for a while and then i went down to the uh, amusement arcade and I started winning loads of money on these um, arcade machines, and I just, um, I just thought this is sort of odd. But I, I wasn't really into spirituality at the time, and and then I got on the bus on the way home, and I just ended up in some sort of strange trance where the bus went past the stop where I should have got off, and I went to the end of the line, and I sort of woke up, sort of woke up at the end of the line, and I'm not really sure what was happening then but i'm i'm pretty sure something i called something up but yeah these strange things that happen well, the, the one the one thing that you know i've i've related it to the wrong person and, and it was basically no the, some of these forms that they're the the forms of their realm is the forms of their realm there may be some message or something connected but the forms that things take on um it's it's like it had a beard a scary beard I mean, I was I was beardless. That it, it was like, well, you're a beardless youth, and you were just no, no, no. It was it was it was different. Um, but yeah, uh, so some people will say that the forms that they take on. Now you can. Uh, there are people who kind of direct that that they expect a certain thing, and well, then you can visualize stuff, and that's kind of different. But sometimes they will respond to uh you know sometimes beings will respond in the way that they think th that you will relate to but that was 
yeah, it was it was different. It was it was it was different. Um, I mean, I, I would have definitely expected Satan to be taller, and and not that I don't think that uh, if it was a physical person there that it could, that would have put up quite the fight. But um, yeah, I, I would have expected something different, e Egyptian mask or not. Um, the beard, the beard being being scary, that you know that that fits, but. I've never actually seen a personification of Satan, but I, I, I definitely feel a sense of just like an ancient. Because it was just like, like an ancient like human, but not, you know. Mm. God, has everyone else disappeared? No, I'm, so, I'm still here. I'm still. I was just listening, but yeah. so I thought there is nothing I can contribute to this. <laughs> if you want more irreverent stories about mince pies and crackers, <laughs> we, you know. I'm your man. Where's Hemi? Is Hemi still here? I think uh, Hemi and I. Will... I'm still muted. That's all. <laughs> I'm still yeah. Muted. yeah, yeah. I was, uh, same, same as Hobbit. No, I, I mean, yeah, I've got I, nothing I, I to add to you, fellas. Always... Well, it's uh, such a fascinating was, subject, isn't it? It was basically centered around the, uh, uh, around, uh, you know, we got together. Um, Initially, it was like one present on on Christmas Eve, and then on Christmas, of course, the night starting the day before. So, really, Christmas would have been considered the night before, anyways. Um, but yeah, the the reading of the story and handing out one gift. But uh, definitely, there were Christmas things that we would be watched every year, like like the Rudolph thing and the and the Charlie Brown Christmas special, and um, we never really had the literature traditions uh, other than the reading of the Bible portions. I, th so I, think, I, I, think, I think our national ritual is like the queen, watching the Queen's speech, isn't it? Uh, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> it's it's watching me, the Queen's, Queen's speech while you're you comatose from the Sunday dinner, from the Christmas dinner, isn't it? I was going to say for That's me... My Christmas ritual is is nodding off whilst the James Bond film is on. Yeah, well, that's how they program you, isn't it? Like when you're like comatose, that's when the Queen gets her uh, pincers into you, isn't it? That's like when they used to show <laughs> they they played the the national anthem at the end of the TV transmissions in the olden days, didn't they? When yeah. they're all going to sleep, so it like seeps into our dreams, isn't it? And, well, that's. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's 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 sort of why coffee took on is that okay people don't have the energy and the attention span overall but they just get themselves up and then they're then they're crashed on the on the on the couch or the chair in front of the tv and um it works great for that um that damn tv like oh God. but it, yeah that people it's it's one of those things that increases people's stress, but people act like it doesn't. And you hook them up to stuff. You 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 try the. Uh, I mean, you don't get too much opportunity to do that in life. But um, you know, you can you can test some of that, or you can just witness what it's like when they don't have it. You know, um, I, I've I've seen so many people when they have their time off of work, they seem so much more stressed and all that at the end of the day than when they actually go to work. Because then they just plop in front of the TV at whatever volume they think their neighbors can allow them to have, and um, that goes straight in, doesn't it? That that TV signal goes straight into the subconscious, and it's like, oh yeah. 
so when you when you call up spirits do you actually see like a personification of them like in the room or is it like telepathic or things like that well that's that's really only my time when i actually did what you would call summoning i've i've i do cosmological things and sometimes that makes a difference one way or the other but i typically do my spiritual acts as a devotion to god and uh, uh, well i mean i do do them for that for that reason and therefore you know whatever i witness in the middle of it whatever i don't witness in the middle of it it feels good i feel uh you know i consider myself as doing something right whatever regardless of what my experience is it's like it's like sometimes other stuff, you know, sometimes it's difficult to do the right thing. It's not that you don't do it the second it becomes difficult. Because um, I'll, or I'll the ever, think you can get away with doing something else. Because ever since a child, I, 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 I might be mentally ill. I do, I do have to have that. <laughs> that uh, I do have that. Uh, I don't think I am because if I was mentally ill, like I'd be mentally ill all the time. But well, the thing is that you wouldn't, you wouldn't well, be, like if you were mentally ill, ill, you wouldn't be doubting your sanity. Would yeah, you? exactly. Yeah, uh, I, I, I side with uh, with Jung. Jung didn't really think mental illness in terms of except what you did physically. So if you're if you're physically deluded, that's a whole different thing than than spiritual. If you, I mean, he didn't have the authority to say, "Oh no, you don't have that snake spirit in you." He just said he just said to the woman uh, to uh, about some woman that she couldn't cut the, they were going to try to keep her from cutting this thing out of herself um so as long as she wasn't hurt uh, so if she didn't have this idea of hurting herself what you know it's not really something modern psychology can say anything about and trying to drug people to do to do away with their spiritual connections leads to suicide more than anything closer to the cure far more often um and drugging people to the point where they just don't function. It's like, as I'm saying, the, t the TV people get to the point where they just blast themselves out of the TV. And then, then, the, then whatever stress arises, they blame the nearest person. The second there's any quiet, it's like, oh, it's all your fault. I'm super stressed out because now you're in the room. It's like you were listening to the TV at 85 decibels. Yeah. You know, if, if, if the neighbors weren't any nearer, they would have phoned the police, you know. <laughs> Well, not any here, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I do. I just find it fascinating when, like, because I don't really speak to people who do stuff like this. Because, but I've, I've, I've had various experiences that I would say go beyond uh, physical thing and the physical moving along with it. There's certain psychiatric and sensual occurrences. Um, by psychiatric, I both include the emotional and the you know, the intellect and wishing that sort of thing. Um, I, saw, I saw something earlier on today, actually. That I, saw, I was going to start off with this, but I, I was just walking along in this, along this private road and that was like pitch, pitch dark and there was no street lights. And I was just walking into town and suddenly ahead of me, I saw this um, figure and as I got close, you know, she was walking ahead of me and I was sort of like gaining on her. And as I got closer, I just saw that it was like a middle-aged woman. But she had this long beige coat on. But as I looked at it, it looked like sort of shimmering, shaggy. I know it sounds crazy, but it, 
it looked like shimmering shaggy fur and that's when i knew it was a spirit because i've seen things like this before and as i got closer and closer i saw that she was walking but her shoulders were like strangely like i can't explain it her, her shoulders were like strange strangely like hunched over or hunched up and i i walked past her i didn't look back because i, I knew what it was and and then an, an owl hooted like like an, uh, just a, like a horror film. <laughs> it's just like you know, things like that happen to me, and I've got no idea why. You know, it's like things have come to me, and like it's not like they talk to me, and it's not even telepathically. It's like I I see them in the room, and it's almost like they communicate through their facial gestures, but not in like a cartoon way. It's like something passes between us through their eyes and through their like facial expressions and it's just like it's just i can't i can't work it out because i don't know i don't know why well, they're coming to me you know the most well the, the thing is i think they're the, they're all over the place it's like people talk yeah. about possession and it's like oh no pretty much everybody has to be with with possession that's not uh but it's you know to some degree consensual right uh but the uh you know the most common thing that i notice is a sense of presence yeah uh, not nothing else just this presence that's different people say well it, yeah it's kind of like having uh, realizing there's a cat out in the dark of the yard and you know where the cat is not because you see it but because you something's watching me right there and, and then you find the cat um and a presence or, yeah, or, or it, an aroma it, isn't it, it sometimes? it's different it's not it's it's not like a crowd even if it's super immense like that it's like i've had very specific numbers show up in terms of the presence was like this and it will be a particular number um you know two digit number three digit number four different digit number five different uh, digit number this is the presence sometimes it's like not quite like that it's it'll be like Okay, like a hundred thousand or or twenty thousand or or fifty or something, but not not exact. I don't know exactly, but something like that. Um, but the sense of presence it's it's not like humans there though. It's not like animals there. It's like something else. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And sometimes but... it's like you even get a shape. You don't see a shape, but you have a sense that the presence is operate is you know forming an external this particular space but i don't know why these things or these spirits because they're not demon i know they're human spirits but i don't know why they're coming to me it's like they're coming to me for advice but i tell them that why are you coming to me i don't know what to tell you that i'm not going to say like go into the light or something because i don't know what happens when you go into the light so well, i don't know why they're coming to me you know it's like i can't help them you know well just because uh, I mean, so say they're not human. It doesn't mean they're not uh, they're they're demons, anyways. It's like I say, I mean, the reason why in referring to a particular group, I say become a living demon is because I'm referring to something. Well, one, I'm not going to call these people gods, but um, and two, you know, um, yeah, I don't think people become gods, anyways. Um, but it's a specific thing that's a choice. It's like I don't think all these fire beings are all demons. I think that, well, you can call them elementals, whatever. It doesn't, uh, you know, people are saying, oh, well, the jinn are just, no, jinn means all. All the, uh, there's two, be uh, you know, basically linguistically you're referring to 
beings having a choice, a moral accountability, humans and jinn, that's it. Um, that's what the, uh, you know, ends and jinns. that's basically what the language is saying. Um, so the salamanders and the undines and the gnomes and the sliffs and all that, you're, you know, jinn is the word that refers to that. Uh, Davas, um, Asuras, ver ver uh, various things like that. Um, but only, you know, the, the demons, they're that way because, uh, you know, they chose to be evil is, is basically the thing. That dominates their character. Um, well, they don't like humans, do they? It seems that... Well, seem to be... it, it def definitely seems... Uh, people, uh, people talk about protection from even commit getting away with crimes. And again, again, someone I interviewed on my channel uh, put in one of his books that the spirits will help, that these demons will help you get away with things. But right. how many, no matter how many stories of people who almost got caught and maybe the demons were prompting the police officers not to look here when they actually were supposed to, um, I mean, as part of policy even, um, these people ended up being caught in the same in the same things, and uh, you know, another guest that I had on talked about how this one person was led to commit these crimes against him, and following the impulse, yeah, find, finding ways where they couldn't twist around the contract to make it a really awful deal. There's other people that like to mess around with contracts to so get really awful deals. <laughs> Are they genie as well? Well, that, that's what I'm saying. There's a difference between a jinn and a, and a demon. There can, there's, there's like, for example, using the Arabic terminology, you say shayatin min al jinn, but, uh, you know, the demons among the, uh, among the uh, you know, among the non-human spirits, uh, uh, that, that, that isn't a complete translation, but you know what I mean. Um, but then there's the anas, the... Uh, Shayatim uh, the so the the demons among the humans. So either way, they have made decisions to make themselves in a certain position, or they've stayed that way. Because unlike humans, that okay, we don't really have uh, in that in that way of like in the Quranic way of thinking, there is no original sin. Everybody commits their sin, and and when you hit puberty with sanity uh, not early puberty disorder where you hit puberty at like nine years old or six or whatever but when you hit it a good at a good teenage year where your brain's developed right and all that stuff um then you usually end up committing some sin or another but it's not original uh, and you can say that's your original sin so that's the way they think about it in that in that um you know but um yeah uh, uh, so the uh, so the ones that fell so a whole class of beings had a decision, they made the wrong decision, but that doesn't mean they're all demons. The ones that decided, oh, I'm going to continue making these decisions, I'm going to side with, I'm going to side with the one who prompted us not to obey, and we're going to, you know, so there were, uh, but they became demons that way. Um, it wasn't that that was what they were, you know, it's, 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 it's a becoming process. And like you hear of people that have, like the Lucifuge, Raphael sort of packs, and um, when they finally, you know, it starts. It starts when they start the process, but there's that moment when they finally formally do the ritual and stuff after all the fasting and all the stuff that prepares for it, and then there's like this break 
where they feel damned. So then yeah. they've made it, but there's different strengths of, you know, it's not all black and white. There's different strengths of, uh, of, of demons. Some are obviously more evil than others. And that goes definitely with humans. I mean, people saying, oh, well, if, you know, people who try to make it sound like everybody's, you know, it's a whole lot different. There's a whole lot of difference between saying a couple bad words when you're seven years old and being a serial killer. But some people really make it sound like about the same thing. I don't see why I don't I don't understand the nature of why they would have anything to do with this really because I don't see what they get out of it other than sort of malicious pleasure of messing someone's life up sort of thing. Well, certainly humans uh, humans see things like and as that as being worth it for that. So that's what they. Um, well, that's what I've I've, I've heard. Um, um, Rosemary, uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying they are worth it. People just convince themselves that it's uh, that it's that it's worth it. But um, the thing is, there if if they were here first, if they're the, if they're the old ones, and then humans show up, and you know, humans do a, a little bit better with their with their uh, you know, well, you know, why why is why is this new being on the thing, and you know, why we have to do this, and um, so some of them I think avoid people. That's that's why they pick places uh, underground or in caves or whatnot where people t tend not to go or may never go. And then one day somebody wanders into a cave and discovers a whole mess of spirits. But they went there basically figuring, oh, well, humans are going to leave us alone here. Uh. What were you going to say, Hemi? I, I was just going to say that Rosemary Ellen Guiley says that um, the the gin are just on a slightly different frequency to us and and they're just like people you get some good ones some bad ones some malicious ones some um helpful ones they they're just kind of they're just like yeah. people well, I all the stories i know of them they you know there's always some sort of catch to it apart from disney i don't like disney in the way they just make all these fairy tales be like really nice and uh they oh, take away I, all the warnings. Like Snow White. Have you ever read the old any of the old versions of Snow White? Um, I've read some of the Grim Brothers story, but never the, the one about Snow White. Why? What happens? Well, well, Bertha from Hungary. You know the the story. The story includes rape attempts and 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 and, and stuff like that. A lot of these stories from Disney come from more brutal sorts of uh, stories. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's one Brothers Grimm story where about there's this haunted house, and if anybody can um, sleep there at night and survive, they get the house. And there's this ghoul which uh, comes to bother this bloke, and he picks up one of the axes that's in the house because it's got like plate mail armor and axes and other fun stuff, and just decapitates the ghoul and puts his head on the spike and is like, "Yeah, this is my house now." I just thought to myself. These stories are like the sort of thing I get in the heavy metal album. They're just great stuff. And I just thought, these are the fairy tales, like the gingerbread house. Well, the, so, uh, you know, I've, I've recently, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, ha I'm having Celtic uh, legends go up. And it's like one of them in particular, the guy's basically saying how much of a better person this other guy is because he's a serial killer who always has fresh human remains from the people he killed around. And it's like... <laughs> okay. 
Oh, just briefly, the story of the gingerbread house. So uh, the, the witch in there, she's got these two children, Hansel and Gretel, which she's going to fatten up. And the children catch wind of this, they trick her, and then they put the witch into the oven, and then they just burn her alive in the oven. I'm starting to wonder, like, there's other stories where Germans have been putting people in ovens. Putting hook nose people in ovens. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, it's like, are they just, like, taking Hansel and Gretel, but, like, you know, getting a bit over-imaginative with it? Well, definitely, uh, once once certain ideas are out there, you do see certain crimes being more often uh, once they're out there. Um, and stuff that's not, not crimes, it's like once maybe familiar, like... Back before all these movies and stuff, the the, the whole kissing fetish thing was. Uh, I say this because it's it's a learned it, it's a learned taste, and back in the day, most people didn't seem to have it. Uh, you know, um, a, a kiss of the relative, even on the mouth, was no different than it was with your. Well, I mean, it's a different person, but you know what I mean. It was not thought of in the same way, and nowadays, no. you know. So people, people well, I've been used to even strangers kissing me on on the cheeks if I'm from the continent. So. It's like watching certain countries do it. You're, you're breaking up there. I just in the chat, Marco makes an interesting point. He says uh, people close to God are most interesting for demons, and I'd say he's, he's got a point there because you think about it, the more pious, not pious, no, no, that's not the wrong term. Pious is virtue signaling. The more I worry. I wouldn't use the term pious as in someone who really is spiritual and godly. Uh, yeah, they they would be the sort of people that demons would try and pick on and tease and you know try and make them fall from grace. It's a, it's a bigger catch, isn't it, for the demon if they can get someone like that? Yeah. Well, it's I, I, yeah. more well, that, of a challenge. That, that, uh, couldn't you also say that uh, that that those are the characters that? For one side or the other, it's it's not just uh, pulling somebody from one side. Is 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 the power of somebody to turn from one side, uh, you know, that they use for good, used to, uh, you know, could likewise be as motivated for the other side. I, I see in a traditional like Christian sense, I, I see like like the sardonic satanic kind of thing, like behind modern day politics in this sort of like crazy clown world circus show i see like the satanic sardonic mocking sort of thing behind all this you know it's, well particularly with party politics and and rebelling just for and other uh you know it has that not, sort of not, not even on principle it's here's another group let's 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 rebel yeah. against that or it's wanted of me to do this so i don't want to do it it's like no matter how good it is for a person, you see that left and right is is that it's rebelling for the sake of rebelling or or having an enemy just for the sake of having an enemy, even if it's no different than your side in ultimate terms. It's just that that zany, crazy element that seems to be certainly in the West, like here. I, I just see it as like satanic. There's satanic stuff behind it all. Just you know, actual satanic entities. And, yeah, well, maybe it probably is. I mean, God knows what they get up to. I, don't know, so I shouldn't have said it like that, but what these people get up to, there's probably is something to do with that, isn't it? But yeah, 
Right, we've been going nearly three hours. I mean, are we about ready to uh, God, yeah. wrap up? <laughs> yeah, my mind's getting a bit blank. Yeah, you get a bit too much vodka, is it, Zero? No, it's just like, I've, I only have a certain amount of things I can say, then my mind goes blank. And it's just, like, <laughs> no, so, uh, just, just like with Easter, there really are people who specifically arrange black masses for Christmas. Um, yeah, I can believe that. Yeah, definitely. Right, so in the show links, I should be putting uh, J. Is it Jafer or Jafar? How do you pronounce your name, Jafer? Jaffa. Jaffa. Jaffa, uh, I'll, put all your, I'll put all your links in the chat. Uh, if you want to tell people where they can find you, what you're up to. Um, you know, I'm, I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm going to get anything else published or anything. Uh, I'm just, uh, you know, look at, look, uh, look at my, uh, look at my YouTube and that's, 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 that, that's the place where I'm, I'm certain to, uh, certain to have more stuff. Um, Cool. playlist. You may not like my particular project, but you may you'll find something in your category if it's spiritual on the channel somewhere. Uh, zero. How's your how's your YouTube coming along? Yeah, I haven't done anything for age. I've got things planned. I, I do want to talk about my alien abduction experiences, but I've got to get it. I've got to get it right. You know what I mean? I don't want to just be another guy on youtube waff waffling on about alien abduction you know yeah, i'll be, you know right. be another whitley striber do you zero you know yeah, you, you don't want well, that whitley striber well, money do you <laughs> well you, on, definitely, you definitely have to organize things and i'm not always the best about that sort of thing myself um but the uh you know a Stri striber and Joseph Smith, I kind of had, uh, well, I, I don't have epilepsy, so I don't really know what that's like firsthand, but that explained a lot of what Stryber had to say, and there could be something else with it, but it may have just been something like that that built upon something. I, I, I suspect something like that, yeah, because he, he does contradict himself, and it seems like if it was if it was a genuine uh, I think contact, Joseph Smith goes something beyond that, but if you've had migraine headaches or Who's the other guy that's migraine um, headaches like unto uh, uh, you know? I think there's a lag going on. Uh, who, who's that? Who's that other guy? The one who did who wrote? Is it Fire in the Sky? Is that Joseph? Is that Joseph Smith or is that someone else? Uh, the logger. No, no. That... Well, I, I said Joseph Smith because, because uh, I I have personal insight having migraine headaches. What it's like to mm. be basically stuck on the ground and maybe blobs that if you didn't know better you'd think they're evil and if some people came back from a baptism tell, talking about the baptism story um they would have been extra bright and stuff so that could have explained some of what he what he what he you know mentioned and you know the blinding light through his uh, you know into his room very well could have just been the light through the window when he had a headache but there's probably more to that but um it you know it's it's interesting looking into the physical sides of some of these things and when the story builds on itself you kind of get suspicious that maybe whether through you know trying to put some importance on it that wasn't there or whether very dishonestly trying to build something up that certain things would be different than what they were it's like i never i never claim any of my blinding uh fallen down sort of 
you know, I know the difference between between the migraines and uh, other stuff. Well, as yeah, uh, I can't remember who the, who the, who the quote attributes to, but it's uh, you should you should keep you keep your mind open, but not so open your brains fall out. Yeah, but it's, fu it's fun to believe everything, though. I, I sort of tend to believe everything or for, a, for a temporary period. But yeah. Well, well I'm open, open to be convinced and just, uh, just, yeah, I mean, completely gullible about everything and contradictory. And the, that's how you go, uh, the, oh, just be open minded. It's like, that's how you really go crazy. Yeah. It's yeah. both believe in everything equally and all this other stuff. And um, either you're very, hate, uh, either you, act very hateful towards those who you know don't fall for that or you're you know well i was going to say in, in defense of being open-minded when uh, when your children they're especially gullible because it's that sense of wonder which lets them believe in things and acquire knowledge the i think the gullibility is a bit of a mixed blessing really because yeah you can be taken for a fall and that's easy to do but it is a way to acquire knowledge and at a certain point you just when people start taking advantage of that, that gets shut down. So, uh, is there a wisdom in in well, paying, sort of... paying attention, uh, paying attention, and trying to be aware of what's uh, what's going on and what's claimed? That's you know, definitely, I'm not standing against that at all. I'm just saying that you know, having some grounding or having some set beliefs or something like that isn't necessarily different than you know. I just like the novelty of it. I'll, I'll entertain something for a while. I, I know it's like just like mind fizz, but I'll, I'll entertain it for a while just for the novelty of it. You know, it, it makes my life less boring. But yeah, yeah. Right, I, I think we're gonna have to call it call it a night there. Otherwise, we'll be doing a four hour stream. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not Alex Jones. We're not doing that. We're going on overdrive. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, hold on. I've just got to play the water filter adverts. <laughs> I have to step away myself. So, uh, so uh, just.